This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The June 30th edition of One Nation Radio. My name is Rich Latta, of course, here with my co-host James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not much. Uh, you know, it's NBA season or for free agency season, so it's, it's getting wild out here. People getting paid, NBA, NFL players crying. And then I just also saw a video of, <laughs> of Xavier Woods in a... Zelina Vega shirt and it is the size of Zelina, that Zelina Vega will wear so it's it's medium on him and then he walked and then she compliments him on the shirt nice shirt and he, then all of a sudden he takes a couple steps and then all of a sudden Alistair Black, Black. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um, yeah we, we got a lot to talk about today we're going to talk about some uh, NBA free agency we're going to talk about uh, Fighter Fest of course I was there in person James watched it uh, from TV um, yes and uh, we are, Ring of Honor goes down in flames uh, Friday <laughs> night. And whatever else we come up with, because y'all know how we do here on this show, we we just wow the fuck out. Uh, but, yeah, the Knicks, the N-I-K-S, Knicks, boy, yeah. losing. Let's get to this tape. Losing. Let's do it. If you guys want to um, skip the NBA talk, fast forward a little bit, but uh, – the NBA has always been uh, James and I's first love here on this, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, man. Uh, the New York Knicks were supposed to get Katie, Kyrie, Zion, AD, Jesus, the Son of God. Um, who else you want to want to add? The to Holy that? Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. You know, Moses, Moses, Cain, Not Malone, Abel. Everybody was, was supposed to come help. You know, when that t- that team with a title that that hasn't won a title since 1973, Watergate, Nixon, Vietnam War, um, Muhammad Ali. Um, you know, before he fought George Foreman. Yeah, Will Chamberlain still in the league? <laughs> Afros, real ones. Soul Train, dude. It's just funny because if the way people are talking, if Durant had not blown out his Achilles, 
he may have been able to persuade Kawhi to go, or not Kawhi, Kyrie to go to the Knicks. That's what that was a preferred destination. But because Kyrie's a weirdo, Brooklyn makes sense because that's where Brooklyn, that's where New Yorkers, <laughs> the the weirdos, the off-branders, uh, the hipsters, you know, all the all the things, all the negative things people have to say about Brooklyn. That's where they go. So Kyrie will fit right in with the, the people talking about like there won't be no racism in the future. We're gonna pass all that hate. <laughs> so like that's and Kyrie's definitely on that Kanye vibe. So oh my god. When he def- so they he'll be right at home over there with some of those uh, in the, some of those gentrified neighborhoods. The, so the Kevin um, Durant Kyrie Irving dynamic. What? How does that even work? Apparently they're very good friends. Apparently they're very good friends. And remember, All Star Break when they were doing all that, they were doing that whole thing, acting like they were friends. They and were then courting each other in public out here. Remember, remember, they were so friendly. People know that they were being friendly. They're both coming up on, on Fred together. And what did both of them do? Stop talking about it. You know, we're just friends. Da 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 da. Blah, 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 blah. And what happened? They they friended their ass on to the same team. It's like, Boy, oh, it, okay. it's funny. It, it, you know, that, you know, stop talking about it. It's not a story. You know, yeah. that that a lot that relates to pro wrestling in, in lots of um, different avenues. But yeah, yeah uh, the Lakers seem to be on the verge of landing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I am we'll rapidly see. refreshing my phone during this recording. <laughs> it is eight thirty Sunday night as we do this. If it happens on live on air, we will stop no matter where we are and we will talk about. Kawhi Leonard shifting the power of the league uh, back to where it belongs, the West Coast, L.A., Staples Center. Look, I don't really care where Kawhi goes. If he goes to L.A., cool, right, because it's a really great team. But regardless of Kawhi holding the balance of power in his hands, similar to Vince McMahon after he thought that he had bought uh, WCW before Shane said that I, I own WCW, that's cool and all. However, whatever happens, whether it's just AD and LeBron or it's AD, LeBron, and Kawhi, these fucking West Coast games need to tip off at 9.30 or 9, whatever. Not 10.30. If you're going to have most of the time in the league be on that side of the the, uh, continent, then with all the population and fandom on the other side of the continent, they need to make some adjustments. I'm sorry, the West Coast... That's the West time. Coast has dominated the NBA for 20 years, star power-wise, win-wise, team-wise. Why are we changing this now? Because we're smarter now, in theory, and also 80% of the fucking population lives on the other side of the coast on the earlier times. If, if the idea <laughs> is, hey, we are a business that people that relies on viewership and, uh, and consumers – so maybe we want to promote our product where most consumers can stay awake to watch it because people have jobs. <laughs> hey, they they just gonna have to had to learn the life of the Laker fan, you know, yeah. get down or lay down. Life of the Laker fan. Well, I'll put it to you like this. The reason why you have old motherfuckers talking about how great the eighties was is because Boston, New York, Philly, uh I'm trying to think who else popped up in there from time to time. Who else I'm getting at the eighties? That's it. Oh, yeah. Well, those three teams, three of the four biggest teams in the 80s, were all on the oh, East Coast in the Atlantic Times. So they got to watch. Detroit at the end. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit as well. So you have all those teams in Central or Eastern and Jordan as well. So those are in 
perfect time frames to start at eight o'clock tip off so people could watch. And that's why it was the prime time of the league. And they had one team out there in the West, LA, in the occasional one year where Houston, or one or two years where Houston will pop up at random points. But for the most part, it was LA as the other, other, other franchise. So that's why the league blew up. Now we're at this part where so many of the top players in the league are on the West Coast. This is a problem. Yeah, man. Um, what else uh, happened out here in uh, free agency? They uh, a lot of bums are getting paid, uh, as we alluded to on the last yeah, show. The upper middle class. Um, I, I won't call Julius Randle a bum per se, uh, but the Knicks gave him three years, uh, sixty-three million, and Tobias Harris re-signed with the Sixers for five years, one eighty, which is like <laughs> that's a Joe Johnson contract, like if there ever was one. Um, I think that's an insult, Joe Johnson. Yeah. Joe Johnson at one point was a multiple time was or before he signed a country the multiple time All Star. How many All Star games has Tobias Harris ever made? A smooth zero. And he's the third best player on the team. What? Yeah. Now that Jimmy's leaving, is that official? Jimmy Butler to the Heat, or is that just um, kind of speculation? Well, the way he was talking to Chad Johnson or. Chad Ochocinco on Twitter. It sounds like he has made up his mind and he is going to get to sign and trade uh, to Miami. So somebody didn't want to uh, go to Houston and, and play with uh, Chris Paul and James Harden. Color me shocked. Well, this is what I would say about that. If Jimmy, if Jimmy uh, Butler decided to show up in Houston, I don't think it would be a problem. Wonder why? Sure, enlighten us. Because. You already know that just based off of the way all three of them are built, that Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler will get along splendidly. Now, as far as James are we Harden, sure thing, about that though, you know, absolutely because like they, I, I see them both as as barkers, and you know, sometimes barkers don't want to be challenged by another barker. So well, I'll put somebody it like this. got to fall in line. Think about think about how well him and Wade got together in Chicago. That one or one and a half years they were in Chicago. I th- do you think Wade is more diminished in Chicago than Chris Paul is right now? I think Chris Paul is smart. I think Chris Paul, the thing with Chris Paul and Harden is Harden don't want to listen to Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul may be annoying, but ultimately he's probably right more times than not because Chris Paul's a basketball genius. The problem is James Harden wants to play the way James Harden plays. Now the thing with Jim, Jimmy Butler comes in play is um, you ain't got to worry about no Jimmy Butler and James Harden beef because the beef gets in it real quick because Jimmy will fight you and <laughs> and James Harden would do not does not want to fight Jimmy Butler. <laughs> so that's like say for, for my standing is on that thing being a being a possible issue is like I don't think it'd be an issue because one it'd be Chris and Jimmy and if James Harden wants to break bad. Good, God bless him. <laughs> Boy, I, I, I just kind of wish it would happen just to see it all blow up like a like like liquid in a chemistry measuring glass. Uh, just a laugh and like point and, and uh, throw shade at Daryl Morey uh, for not understanding people uh, is, is the actual value here. And <clears throat> yeah, man, um, and, and not spreadsheets. Um, yeah, man, but. Yeah, we're waiting for all these dominoes to, to collapse, and you know, Jonas Valanciunas got three years, forty-five million dollars. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Orlando was 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 throwing out money to Alfred Aminu, making him their ninth power forward on the roster. Um, Seemingly, yeah. And, like, imagine a league where like guard plays more important than ever, and 
wing like you need guards and wings and you know more or less one or two capable big men and like or really competent right that aren't stiffs that's what the league is that's what the league is right now and you want to consistently give like you know power five power forwards all this kind of bread i don't i don't get it like they didn't learn their lesson from when they were out there with beyond book and vucevic and and abaca at the same time they don't learn their lesson boy um I, I, i'm waiting for this Kawhi news to drop because you know who i want to actually get at the most who the clippers <laughs> the clippers thought la was theirs they, they've had the better team throughout the decade, right? It doesn't fucking matter. You're the Clippers. Laker exceptionalism will live forever. Sorry, bro. Like, <laughs> sorry, Steve Ballmer, Doc yeah, Rivers. It was, it was funny to hear the jump today, and they were talking about how the Nets got rewarded for being competent Um as a rebuilding organization. So that's why they got Durant and they got Kyrie. So they're happy for them. And I thought about stuff like what a, what a load of, of like bullshit fallacy that it, <laughs> it's good. For, it's good for that. This team rebuilt itself by, by being a fucking what, eight seed, seven seed in the East. There was a six seed, I believe this year. Okay. A six seed in the fucking East. And then that's the reason why they just, why they were rewarded for, for that. no, they got rewarded for them because Rock Nation. That's why all this other stuff is bullshit. Like <clears throat> I am kind of like, um, and I texted to you earlier. Like the league is not really like team versus team right now. It's like all these agencies against each other now, and it's kind of taking some of the fun out of the out of it for me. Uh, it, it really is now just Rock Nation versus Clutch, and then there's CAA like cleaning up the rest. Uh, but is, but is it though? Is it though? Like at the top, yeah. But I, I guess what I mean by that is, like, neither one of these two, like, unless the this Kawhi domino drops, like, that's not necessarily. I don't see how that's any different other than the the, the, the agents are black. That's kind of where I'm at now on that one. Like, it was all good when CAA was out here or- helping orchestrate. Uh, Bosch to Miami, Wade to resign to Miami, LeBron to Miami. That was all going to great. Like people completely put all the blame on the on LeBron for doing all that, right? But the second, like, it's black owners, and all of a sudden it's like we're talking about it's a proxy war, and it's really LeBron and LeBron's agent, his agency versus on the other end, Rock Nation and Rock Nation's influence. And then you hear the stuff they talk about with, with uh, Leon Rose or whatever. And Leon Rose, the stuff you hear about him is like, that sounds like normal age of stuff. So what's really the problem here? So I, 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 I don't really think that's what you or that's what you were getting at. But like for me, is like when I see other people say that stuff, I get kind of like my antennas go up. I'm just like, mm, sounds, that sounds real dog whistly. Yeah. I'm looking at it where, like, I see the two teams, right, and they got Lakers on the chest, and then they got Nets on the yeah. chest, but, like, when you peel that back, like, they got another jersey underneath. Like, <laughs> that they all kind of... Um, and, and then, uh, of course, seeing how, like, Clutch is, like, infiltrated the Lakers n- prior to even uh, LeBron getting there with the whole KCP filling out the organization and all that stuff. It's like, 
this is like just like it's so much deeper than we imagine essentially but and it's just like oh great <laughs> yeah but they did that with what's name on the knicks uh, or in the nets uh what's his name uh they, they somebody for have signed the rock nation signed to the nets last year too so mm-hmm. or this year they just passed too so like they did the same thing where it's like send somebody out there to be a you know to report back information or how well or not or what the hell's going on with this operation and then let our top clients decide i mean it's not the worst thing in the world i mean if you're agent and you have that means you don't have only superstar clients you have you know stop you know in theory success we have top stars and everybody in that in the classes below you know it's a win-win for you as an agent right you get your middle class person paid or whatever Mm -hmm. else and then you also can report back with information to your biggest clients right uh but we're gonna wrap it up on the nba talk now unless something else pops up but um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah you ain't you (laughs) are you waiting out here on the jimmy butler news or are you really on the Kawhi news what you think (laughs) like sir So, uh, I'm time stamping that and I will, uh, you know, let everyone know if they want to skip ahead, but we had the AEW fighter fest, uh, last night in Daytona beach, Florida. Uh, I was there along with Jeremy and Josh. It was an excellent event in person. The building was just electric pretty much from start to finish and just felt like you were amongst like-minded folks and it was like everyone was was rooting for everyone to win like not win matches like they were rooting for everybody to do well and everything like that it was it was a really refreshing uh you know feeling around watching uh professional wrestling and all that uh overall thoughts on the show james from yeah, the tv I perspective a... i haven't seen it yet I thought it was a good show. Um, I thought that the last, was it the last three matches, were were borderline very good to great, depending on you know um, your likes or dislikes or tastes for professional wrestling, whatever. And I think the thing that kind of sticks out to me so far through two shows of the two big shows of AEW is that um, they're kind of giving you a if if you are into this particular thing of wrestling, like they have kind of have something for everybody as far as different likes of wrestling. Like if you want spot porn, the, the Lucha bros matches right up your alley. Yes, if sir. you want, if you want a death match, you get, we'll give you the death <laughs> rider out here. Fucking up Mox or fucking up Janela. If you want, um, if you want a storytelling match, it's simple professional wrestling, and somebody, you know, you got the Cody match. You're always gonna have the Cody match. He's always he's always storytelling his ass off, even if he's gonna do that dumb shit at the end of the match or post match. Then you have, um, then you, from there you have solid wrestling throughout the card. Like they also have the Joshi match um, or whatever else. Like so, I thought I thought they kind of had something for everybody. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's good ultimately. Um, cause it kind of, if you are a, it is good for, if you're trying to get new eyes on it or the general fan removed or, or laps from WWE or whatever else. And then they get back into it. It, it can kind of be like, Oh yeah, this is like the kind of stuff I used to like. So here's some of that, or, Oh, this is something I've never really considered. That's cool. Um, but it wasn't nearly on the level of, um, all out and i don't think it was trying to but or it was double, still a really good show yeah. it's still a good show yeah 
So like when I, we got to the building, there were so many people there. Like the line to get in was wrapped all the like. Do you remember the uh, how the hallways looked uh, from last year? Instead yeah. of just walking directly in, they had everyone lined up going all the way down around a corner, around another corner, back around another corner. So like, I don't know what's up with their staffing and how they're like doing with events but it seems like they have no staff essentially they're just like the building is like just like letting people in. they had a couple people working the building letting people in but i felt like i could have walked past their people without a ticket like <laughs> like hmm. like maybe it's just a function of that building and uh you know it kind of felt like that last year as well and that yeah. really doesn't have anything to do with aw but um I, just seeing like a couple things like i don't know how the AEW staff is going to like they I don't know how deep their staff is. I, I be, that would be something to watch uh, as far as like the events, but the merch line was just absolutely is almost long. I don't want to say it was as long as the regular line, but the merch line didn't slow down until after the Cody match, and that was hours into the show. And that's wow. when I was able to walk over there and and get something with like a three to five minute wait. And before that, it was like. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna miss these matches, so I'm. I'll just wait, and then, uh, gotcha. and and you know they've you know d- they killed it last night. Merch, but um, yeah. Watching as I mentioned, being in the building was just like, like you you're you're rooting for for this thing to succeed so much, and the crowd will not let anything die no essentially like even like the stuff that seemed like it struggled like on twitter like even the librarian stuff and uh, oh my god all that stuff like people were into it everything was getting over in the building yes because those are the because the people that are there are their version of the diehards right but the thing for me is the, well i think i think now we have a because it's two shows, it's a, it seems to be a trend. Like, there's no reason to ever watch their pre-shows. Like, I mean, that match, that tag match was very, very good at the beginning. The first match with the triple threat between SEU best friends and Private Party that was really good in a in a in a great showcase for Private Party. But the librarian shit, oh my god, it was death watching on TV. Like, I mean, you really bad. And then the the backstage stuff with the fighter fest stuff they were doing to try to put over like what they were doing from the transition, like from um, being the elite over to um, the BR live. I mean, I don't watch that stuff, but it was like, I didn't find it funny. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of people didn't find it funny either, but like, what really bothered, what really got me was like the librarian thinks death. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone that doesn't, but the person is not like it doesn't watch uh, being elite every week or whatever. People, you know, you or whoever else will tell me a little, a few things that happen here and there. Like that was just death watching. Yeah. Um. So like the like we did a podcast driving home yesterday. I don't know when it's gonna like come out, and it was like a review. And what I said about the librarian thing was like, well. They have two choices right now. <laughs> they they can drop it cold turkey, essentially, and I think that's what Josh alluded to, because being elite tends to, like, if something's not working or is a bit, they'll just, like, get off it or whatever. Or, like, it's going to be a long road to get it over and just, like, keep doing it. Like, and eventually it will get over, but, and it's going to stay over eventually when it gets over, but it's going to well, take a long time uh, to, to get it over. Well, I would. I, I think would say. Thing, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I would say like as far as like the general pre-show, 
Um, if you see a match that you think is worth watching, watch it. But if you see like the the foolishness, like from a mile away, like you see Leva Base versus Ali on deck or something like that, like uh, you can probably like <laughs> hand wave that. Um, so it looks like they're gonna have one match, but I don't know, like. It's the pre-show. I, there's only so upset I can get about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. I'm just. I think the thing for me is just like I guess. And I guess it's also most people's concern is, especially the people that um, the people that are watching it that aren't you know the hardcore fan base is like, I can't imagine being somebody that is a Labs fan watching this pre-show outside of the first tag match and being like, okay, like they know what they're doing or this is something I want to watch further. Like, cause I believe I'm trying to think what happened right after. Cause it felt like it was a double whammy of, of stuff that was happening. That was like, yeah, Nakazawa um, and Jabali. Yeah. The neck. Yeah. Like those are back to back. It's Nakazawa and Jabali. And then the library match, librarian matches before that, but I'm like back to back. And I just like, mm. I mean, and it was over with the crowd. Cause I remember the match, or the matches with Nakazawa last year were over at the crowd, but um, it just watching is like, yo, this dude's this is not a profane, this is not a trained professional wrestler, and Nakazawa's here selling for this dude. Like, I will say this: there's a lot of medi- mediocre to uh, to crummy in that match, but when that man poured the the baby oil on his chest and then did and did the, the stomp and did the slide stomp to the senton i fucking howled <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of this stuff like and this and this is a comedy match like i i like the match like, i thought it was fine um i you know i turned my brain off for it and i was like all right when's the real gonna start and, it, <clears throat> and they also buried it too like oh, they yeah? did the match. They no, they did the match, and I don't know if you saw, but like they did the match, and then right after the match happens, this is right right before they go live for uh, the main show. They cut to a backstage promo where Janela says, "Or it's not Janela." Masi says, "Leave that stuff out there. I'm gonna show you how to really use it, or something to oh, that yeah, extent." Yeah, yeah, and then the crowd part. popped. It was like you just these dudes just had a hardcore match. <laughs> <You're> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So I don't know. My point of contention is like, all right. At least it's not going to like if you're gonna do that bullshit, put it on the pre-show. Because if you do it on the main show, then we gotta like dock you for it. So <laughs> like we gotta judge you and, and rip you apart for for putting that on your real show. Um, yeah, but as far as the, like the highlights on the pre-show, like as you mentioned, Private Party was incredible. I've been watching yep. uh, them get they got uh, a spotlight on them and the uh, Road to Fighter Fest uh, miniseries, and it was like a five minute thing explaining you know everything they their lives essentially like and then their time in the wrestling business, how they met, how they became a team, how they you know have wrestled in Hog essentially, and they've had matches with the Hardys, they've done different stuff like that, and. D- these guys are it, it, they're like they're draft picks right now and How I think they're wrestling for not very long. I would probably put like I would put under 3 years if I had to guess. Ah, okay. So, I have a question. Do you know their names? It's Isaiah and Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn. Okay. Mark Quinn's a star. Isaiah Cassidy, like he's like he's the guy that's going out there to get the you know to to get the simpy, but like Mark Quinn is like the Mark Quinn hot tag is already like yes. <laughs> it's already, it's already <laughs> off the charts. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, like they're spectacular. Yes, they're great. They but um, dude, I can't the second. 
dude, I don't know what's gonna happen when they do Young Bucks versus versus a uh, private party, but it's gonna be fucking insane. You know they're doing it at Hog uh, in July, I believe. No, I mean for AEW. Oh, like, AEW. Gotcha. I mean for AEW official, like in one of these semi-main type things, you know, a year from now or whatever else, after they build them up to that level, mm-hmm. or six months from now, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, like. I think they did the right thing. Like they shine them, they beat them, and then they're gonna have to go through the tournament and they're probably gonna be like the quote unquote gauntlet Iron Man, the team that like They'll starts get to like the semifinals or something and Yeah, like they're gonna make it to they're gonna be the team that's gonna, you know, shine, you know, up until like the semifinal or whatever else. Um, or losing a final or some shit like that, and you remember like their run. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I thought they executed that match perfectly. I think I went like, uh, I didn't even rate the, anything on the pre-show, but I would have probably gave that like, you know, three point seven five or four, like just because, <laughs> yo, these dudes walked in there and the crowd was like, okay, we we, we seen videos of you, but we don't know quite how to like go nuts for you, and they made yeah. it real easy to go nuts for them, which which I can yeah. always appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it's one thing that's also is like a just just different like. You come in, like right now, anyway, in the ring. Um, AEW is really good at like showcasing people's strengths and kind of hiding people's flaws. Like, I, they only rest for three years. I don't know what they are as a full on tag team that wrestles a regular two versus two tag match, mm-hmm. but that match regardless of how good they are or or not yet or how green or not green they are that definitely was a match to built out as a way to try to um hide whatever deficiencies they may have now i on commentary they did a really good job explaining why isaiah uh isaiah cassidy tagged out during because you know you rich you always talk about how the, the wcw triangle tag match yes about how they're so stupid like why would you ever tag out yeah and after after um is it mark or marcus i think it's mark after mark got his ass whooped after his first uh way in got that's his first time in the ring he got laid out with a huge spot. He was out on, on the floor forever. Reminded me of like that one uh, shield match where Roman was laying forever, and the crowd started yelling "Roman sleeping." Mm-hmm. But he, but Isaiah's getting whooped on it, whooped on it, whooped <clears> on. <throat> and then he goes to his corner and he realizes there's nobody in the corner. You're fucked. So he's looking and he's debating on whether or not he should tag in uh, someone for SEU. And then commentary puts over. The dilemma he's in. I thought it was great that like commentary is helping add to a match, right? <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> and also, concept, like, James. And also, <laughs> and also, you know, like they always talk about, you know, these guys, the lack of psychology and storytelling, and it's like it was so there and obvious in a way that it was like anyone from a hundred feet away, it felt like would have also got that. It was realized like the dilemma is, is like either he's gonna die on his sword or he has, or he has to tag, he has to do the you know the lesser. Uh, evil to be able to survive and try to possibly get back in and win mm-hmm. so um i thought i thought from that perspective like they show these dudes like aren't just and one thing i'm worried about is um i haven't looked but yet but am i going to go on twitter and type in private party spot monkey and then get furious i thought you were going to say private party street profits so, um, well, <laughs> I don't even understand that. I don't even understand that connection because, like, it's not like D'Angelo. I'm sorry, it's not like uh, D- Dawkins does anything like does anything them. like that. Yeah, he's a brawler. 
yeah, I, I haven't typed in Private Party Spot Monkeys yet, but, uh, you know, I would encourage any of our listeners to see what you find and share with us um, if, if you find anything interesting. Uh, and thank you to everybody that listens to the show and everything like that so um yeah on to the main card let's let's get to it we've been uh, fucking off long enough but um <laughs> the card open uh christopher daniels against shima shima has the big match against kenny omega in two weeks at fight for the fallen and i thought this was a nice professional wrestling match um you know and i thought it was a uh you know, two guys that were veterans with long histories against each other. I was like, okay, I can buy into that. And they had a nice match to open the card. They didn't try to like, you know, go nuts or anything. Yeah. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a uh, basic match. I don't know if I would have had, um, Shima kick out of Daniel's, uh, you know, the angel wings. I don't know if I would have done that, but outside of it, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a well professional or a well um professional my god I can't talk a well wrestled professional match. Um I probably went like, you know, two and three quarters or three. Mm-hmm. I went three and a half on it. Um uh, and those guys like <clears throat> it it was just like is is real like when I think of basic good wrestling, I'll also be like, all right, three to three and a half and then if you know there's no botches or anything, I'll go with three and a half. So <laughs> um yeah, Shima looking forward. He's going to face Kenny next. I think that's going to be the match that really shows like what he has, um, you know, available to him. He'll get the main event time. He'll also get, you know, a hell of an opponent. So, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, unless you're like a super hardcore like into the Dragon Gate scene in, in Japan, uh, you don't really know who Shima is right now. I I've never seen a Shima singles match until last night, and. Um, you know, here on One Nation Radio, we're not really with the gatekeeping shit. So, um, <laughs> like the if you haven't seen some before, it's okay to admit that. I, I feel like it, you know one has to say that. And you know, you if, if you're seeing Shima now and you have knowledge of that, feel free to share that with us. So I, I'd love to know uh, some recommendations now that I've actually seen him in AEW. And of course, I'm aware that he has a legendary career elsewhere. So. I kind of want to put uh, everything together kind of before I see the match against Kenny. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see the match. I don't. I think he's going to have more to give than um, what we saw against, uh, against Daniels. I mean, I thought. I don't know. Like, if watching it on TV, it just felt like mm, Daniels seems to have finally had his age catch up with him. I mean, mm. he looked he looked really sore. It looked like everything he did looked made him feel like he it hurt. So, <laughs> mind um, you, but, this guy but, wrestles we'll, we'll tag see. team matches all the time. Now, yeah, good point. Good so, point. him in a singles match it ain't nowhere to run, to run and hide, nowhere to tag out to. So, uh, but up next, uh, we had Riho versus Yuka Nakazawa. Excuse me, Yuka. What? <laughs> Yuka Nakasaki, I believe, and Nyla Rose. Wait, wait, Yuka Sakazaki. Okay. Yuka yeah. Sakazaki. So in my notes, I just have Yuka. So <laughs> okay. Well, they were chanting Yuka all night. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose. This match fucking ruled. Um, it seemed like once Nyla Rose came off the top with that knee drop, like Antonio Inoki, um, <laughs> like, like Josh was saying uh, last night, the plays like the switch got hit, and it was like, okay, we're here now. Uh, the event Fighter Fest has started essentially. Like and 
I'm interested to see what you thought because you you trafficking to Josie pretty heavy and oh my god, um, I thought this was a the a hell of a fucking match. Yeah, I thought it was a really good to great match. I probably I probably would have gave it three and three quarters. Um, I I don't know. I it was it was kind of rough at the beginning. Like I don't know how much experience or how green Nyla Nyla Rose is, but like. She had a better performance than she had at Double or Nothing, but there's still, you know, there's still some some work to be done. Um, it felt like a lot of times, like, you know, there was missed, like, the timing was off just a little bit, especially at the beginning, because, like, there was almost like they, you know, had dropped a spot or someone was in the wrong place at, at the wrong time, and most of it was on Nyla. So, um, but, you know, you're right. After that knee, like, things completely changed, and I like the story of, you know, these two small women have no chance, none against Nyla. But if they were together, they can try to take her out momentarily and then they can try to then turn to fight each other. And then turn into let's fight each other. Let's let's take them out and then one double crosses the other. They literally said, No, we're not dummies. If if one of us does that, she she's gonna wake up, the bear's gonna wake up in his mauling season. So I, I thought that was a good story that they told throughout. Um, you know, I I've heard people say that like there could, this could be a long play for Nyla to where eventually she's kind of like I'm not saying exactly the same thing, but it's similar to like a Naya or a Corbin, where it's like you have all these gifts, but you don't utilize these gifts, and then eventually Hall of Pain <laughs> comes Damn. around. Like that could be the thing where like. What am I doing losing? What the fuck am I doing losing to like a Sasha Banks of your Naya? What the fuck am I doing losing to um, a, a Riho again? Pin like mm-hmm. I've had enough of this, and then like it, she unleashes the dragon, right? Like Cisco, <laughs> also full of Cisco shit. Yes, yeah. so uh, like so, that's a, that's a potential storyline I play it, but I do like the fact that um, you can make the save for Rio after Rio got the pin and she was getting whooped on by Nyla. And then like, after she makes a save, like Rio's like, no, like we're look, just because we, we're both petite Japanese women does not mean that we're fucking friends. Like, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we are, we are not women. cool. Yes. Yeah. And uh, in the face that um, I don't know if you've seen the face, but like, it's memeable. The face that like you can make, it's like the saddest looking shit ever. She looked, I could see it from like, you know, a hundred feet away. Like she just looked like, Everyone felt sorry for her after, like, when, when Rio was like, <laughs> like, like... Yeah. Um, one thing I will say that about um, about Yuka is that, like, the the shawl she has over her pants, like, the... It looks almost like a banana peel, like a white banana peel that's over her pants. Mm-hmm. She needs to drop that. Because there were a few times in a match where, like, they were slipping and sliding because people... It's so long that it's, like... it people can step on it and she can step on it at times too. So like, that's a, that's just a botch waiting to happen. And like I th- a bad one. I so she needs to drop that. And also she wasn't wearing that like a year ago. I think Nyla Rose is going to be able to get a lot of heat. Uh, oh yeah. And I felt it in the building. I heard <laughs> people cat calling for Rio. I heard people cat calling for, uh, Yuka, just like yelling out their names, cheering like, 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 like Japanese actual fans. Japanese yes. fans, like Yuka, <laughs> Rio. So like, so, to fuck with everybody, I was like Nyla, like just like, and like oh no one else, like so. That's funny. And it was like, all right, I can I can see how how they're gonna how how she's gonna be able to like if she beats up the right 
like the right woman on the roster, if she beats the right one, she's going to be a great heel. And then I mean, she's going to be a great baby face eventually because people are, are going to eventually come around to what she does. And like if she does yeah. stuff like that Antonio Noki knee drop and all those yeah. uh, phenomenal feats of strength where she's catching people, she's going to be a lovable monster eventually. Like for some, for her and – Let's just say if she, you know, they just give her a, a, a steady diet of uh, babyface Joshi's to wrestle for a while, right? Mm-hmm. If you're someone like Yuka Sakazaki, who's been in um, Tokyo Joshi, and like, and Asia Kong is there and freelance is there from time to time, like, there's a wealth of Asia Kong matches to go over and watch to see a monster versus a babyface in peril. There's there's literally dozens, if not if not hundreds, of those matches that the agent has done over the last twenty years. So twenty thirty years. So like, if they set her up with that and that's her path, like she's going to get pretty good pretty fast. No. You, you, I would think so because you got really capable women that have wrestled in that sort of style and that, that basic simple story. And like that's a story that is that's going to stand the test of time. Giant versus. David versus Goliath is always going to stand the test of time. So, you know, whether it's Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn, or it's, uh, you know, or it's Shawn Michaels uh, versus Hikaru, Sid. Shawn Michaels versus Vader, <laughs> or you know, there's always going to be there. So, they that's that's what they have to work with. And I, I was pleased at the amount of time they got uh, on that too. So I really liked this match. I was four and a quarter on it. So how long did that go? Uh, I don't have a time. I would have to pull that okay. up, but um. Up next, uh, the men's four-way with Hangman Page, Jimmy Havoc, uh, MJF, and the Jungle Boy. So, uh, to me, this was the weakest match of the night. Uh, You know, I thought they did some good things in the match. Of course, MJF fried the audience ahead of time, uh, you know, with his promo ability. And I believe, James, you said that he was going to, like, win Best Talker on on accident uh, if they let him just cut a couple promos here and there. Well, no, I said, I said, uh, I think I said that he's gonna fuck around and win like best on interviews on, and only doing like four promos on AEW, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. So breaking Jimmy news. Butler, breaking news. news. Yeah. Jimmy Taj Butler. Gibson has signed a two-year, twenty million dollar deal with the Knicks. Y'all back, Knicks fans? Oh, okay. I have bigger news. Jimmy Butler is officially going to get that sign and trade to Miami. Well. It's uh he gonna play hard as hell for them boys like it, look that that's on brand Jimmy Butler playing hard as hell with the Miami Heat who play hard as hell for the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference congratulations Kendrick Petty <laughs> but anyway back to uh this this fatal four way uh so Hayman Panties ended up getting the victory here and. I got annoyed when I saw Hangman Page come out. They were blowing off Pyro like he was Roman Reigns or something. (laughs) And there was like a similar feeling at WrestleMania when Roman Reigns came out for this regular 10-minute match and they were blowing off Pyro like it was the he won the main event of WrestleMania. And it was it was the same feeling. It was like I don't think this guy is like, like talking about Heyman Page right now. I don't think he's on a level right now. <laughs> like, like it's not like 
I don't see him as that kind of star. Wait, like, what kind of level do you? Th- what, what, like, what is that that you mean? Like, what? What do you? What do you think they they think of him, and what do you think he actually is? Or let me phrase that: What do you think they think he is? I think they think he is a future star. Right now, he could be in a position to just be the sacrifice to win the title because you see, like, you can't put for whatever political reasons and optics, you can't put Cody near the title right now. You can't put Kenny near the title right now. But you can put it near a Jericho or someone like that, so you need someone for him to beat. Now, he's getting that position, but I don't know if he's going to be in a position to take advantage of it because people just don't see him like that, and he's not impressing right now to be seen like as a serious person. And I think... I don't think it's going to happen because I have faith in this company being smart. <laughs> I don't think they're going to put the title on him because I think it would be a, a catastrophe if they made him. Wait, the you mean right like now? Yes. Like at oh, all out. Okay, so. I, but the way they're blowing off the pyro and all that, it's like. Oh, you're okay. So you're thinking like the pyro is indicating that he might actually be a real legitimate player right now as opposed to 6, 9, 12, 15, 18 months from now. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's funny that you say that because after the sh- after the match, Finishell hit me up, mm-hmm. and he said, "I just don't see it in kind of similar way that you just said about him being their champion." And I was like, "What do you mean you you don't see him being their champion? Who do- you're the first person I've heard ever legitimately think that AEW would actually belt him up like uh, at all or nothing or, or all out." All out so I was yeah. like what i'm like where did this come from dave and then now you're saying it's like maybe there's something i'm missing where i don't or maybe i'm thinking like that's so ridiculous that like i'm just missing the like the breadcrumbs are dropping maybe that's what Uh it is like i would just i would just say like just look kind of like at (laughs) like he they put him over strong about a royal uh as a surprise entrant like with his music and, and and they gave him that huge comeback there this joint here i think they could have easily gave mjf the win and then had mjf challenge him at fight for the fall and be like you were in the same match as me you lost or he doesn't even have to pin page he could pin roll up jimmy havoc or some shit right and be like put your shot on the line and then whatever but then they announced today that hangman page will be fighting kip sabian at fight for the farm like that's not connected yeah. like kip sabian's like yeah. not someone you're going to and no offense to kip sabian like Hangman Page versus Kemp Sabian, it's a cold match with no, like, real, like, they'll build it on over the next couple weeks. But just announcing it right now is strange, especially seeing who you can put in there with Hangman Page to make him look like a superstar. My concern Mm -hmm. is he does not look like a superstar at all through the first two shows. Well, okay, one thing about the Kip Sabian thing. Kip Sabian was, during that match, was doing guest commentary. Oh, okay. I, 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 I didn't catch that. Yeah, so he was there for that, like, uh, and they said that like he was going to take on the winner of that match. So, oh, okay. Hey, yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. that back then. Uh, <laughs> so then from there, um, as far as like you saying MJF and um, doing MJF and Page, I think that you save that. I think that like once I feel like MJF and Page is what you do after all out because Page ain't winning in no fucking um, all out. Uh-huh. So either a you. Ha- you know, I wouldn't do this, but if this let's say if this were another company, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, uh, <laughs> they have MJF just come out there and fuck uh, Paige at the end of the match between Jericho. 
Oh man! Right, and then then he chased after him. They could still do that. I think that's. I think I would rather them not. Like we've kind of. I think that you save fuck finishes for like. I mean, this would be a match that would be considered either the semi, either semi in or main event of All Out. But, um, I kind of say that like you kind of stay away from the fuck finish. I think you keep fuck finishes for like TV. I think I think you stay away from fuck finishes for like a year in this promotion, like, and well, then I, when you do that, like you pull that bandaid off, that shit's gonna sting the first time I mean, it happens. This, this is what I'll say: if you're going to get into the fuck finish business, it has to ultimately mean something. So, him screwing him at the in the Jericho match would make sense, but for me. I would stay away from that and keep that oh, stuff yeah. only on TV. Yeah, like I, I no one, no one wants fuck finishes on New Japan shows. No one wants fuck finishes at takeovers. And you are more like that than you are the main roster WWE. So, you know, know your audience. Your audience does not want to see fuck finishes. So, right. fire them. Uh, you know, I would say you do that, and then you kind of start off. You do all out, and then like you, you immediately hit television with Page versus MJF. That's what I. That's what I think. I think there's money in that is like those are the two top mid carters. And I feel like I don't know about you, but I feel like there is a top tier of like, you know, we always talk about Oh, there's a class. There, there's definitely yeah, like, class. Well, you know, we always talk right about now. like the the Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, Ibushi level. Kenny used to be in a level when he was still in a uh, still in Japan. And like there is Cody, Jericho, Moxley, and Kenny. Like there's a top four and then like they're, you know and then I I mean in, if you want to include the young bucks as an act, as far as top acts, and then they would also be the they'd be the yeah. fifth act or whatever. They'd be in that top five for acts, but I just talking about singles guys, right? And, and anything below that, and I think that the the middle is actually like very deep and intriguing, like even more than um, I thought with the addition of Darby Allen now. And uh, is he officially signed, or was that just because I didn't know signed. that was a he, he signed AEW? Okay, so. Okay. Um, well, this... you know, for the like the year we're gonna have before he, you know, has to retire from dying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, but yeah, the the Fatal Four was cool. I think I gave it like a three and a half, and but you know, I I didn't really like. I didn't think it was great or anything. I um, I thought Jungle I thought, Boy was. I thought. Was I mean, great. the most of the show is, or most of that match is about Jungle Boy. Yeah, really. Most of that whole thing is about Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy almost killed himself, but. Yo, that fl- that movie did that shit was that shit popped everybody. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what the fuck that right. was. I thought it was a great move until I was like, oh my god, he's going to land directly on his fucking head. <laughs> but before, the, like, but the second before then, that split second before, and I was like, that's a cool move. And then I was on like, I'm in my, I'm just like watching and just in horror. It was like, oh no, like you know. And one thing with this show is like there, there was. It, there are plenty of moments for like it was near tragedy, so they they need to kind of need to you know tighten that up. Breaking news: Al Horford has reached a four-year, one hundred nine million dollar deal with the Seventy Sixers. Mm, he's taking so because Jimmy's gone, and and because uh wait, hold on, is he signing and trading there? I don't think so. I don't know how they got the cap to do this. Oh well, you got to remember. Haven't paid Embiid yet. Haven't paid. Uh, no, Embiid got paid. Okay, well, haven't Simmons paid Simmons hasn't been yet. paid. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, <clears throat> all right. 
So maybe that can help uh, Embiid and, you know, the, all the times that he doesn't play or whatever goes on goofy with his health, they still have another big guy that's capable. Yeah, I mean, I, is there a better 4-5 defensively than, than Horford and Embiid together? No. I guess – I mean, I mean, the close thing would have been like it would have been like Draymond and Durant together, but that don't exist no more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's gone. It's over. Yeah, current, this yeah. man went to the Nets. Like I, I don't get it. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> um, up it next, is fun. well, hold on. It is funny after last year's um, was that the Eastern Conference or semifinals between the the Celtics and the uh, Sixers? It is funny that like they were able to win that series because. Al Horford, Horford could guard to guard Simmons <laughs> right so easily because Simmons can't shoot, and now it's like, well, we'll take him off the table. We will, we will never have to deal with that again. Yeah. <laughs> boy, that boy Simmons. Uh, <laughs> Cody and Darby Allen. I thought this was an incredible match. Um, the as I mentioned, like in the preview to uh, the the social suplex preview of uh, Fighter Fest. Darby Allen is a guy I I don't identify with him at all. Like I don't like we have nothing in common. Like like the the opposite of Whitney Houston and uh, Bobby Brown. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but he fascinates me for for whatever reason, and I feel like he gives me like you know you know a look into a world that I know nothing about. Right? And, okay. So enlighten me what that world is. You know, I don't watch any of the, uh, you know, it, any of the AEW uh, <sighs> promo stuff to build towards their shows. I just watch the shows. Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, they, they talked about his outlook on life and he just doesn't trust anybody. And he's like half dead inside. And he, he's like a skateboarder. He takes all these risks. And mm. um, he has a very hardian vibe like to him like like jeff hardy or whatever like ah. like down to the punishment that he'll put himself through to do whatever i think he's a phenomenal seller and that's you know. not selling that's a shoot that <laughs> team should shoot, shoot. <laughs> talking about his selling it's yeah. not se- it's not selling if it's real yeah like and he's just so quick in the ring and, and pulls you yes. in and like I really like Darby Allen. Like I think he's a he's a superstar waiting to happen. Um and he's gonna be a guy that I think a lot of young folks connect to, uh, that watch AEW. I would take extreme care with him because he can be as big as as, as they want. Like you got him and Jungle Boy is like your your young, young and private party is like your super young, you know four or five years from now uh type guys um like he's a he's a quality like draft pick for the future i feel like yeah um hopefully he makes it there but you know (laughs) jeez yeah like we like like it's funny like this is my first time ever watching darby in a uh in a full match Mm -hmm. i believe uh and People are talking about him already, like how people were talking about like Osprey in 2016. Like, is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it <laughs> ten years from now? He's gonna be around ten years from now. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not. He's a lot. He's a lot smaller than than Osprey. But you get my point. Is like this daredevil desire doing wild shit, and it's like you got to rein that in, bro. It's like <laughs> he, he only got one head, neck, <laughs> and skull. So you know, you only got you know. So. Yeah, I think um I think the the risk taking 
I mean, this is the biggest match of his life, so I'm not only gonna I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to cut him some slack because now he was out here like you know doing, you know he wasn't the one that was out here taking an unprotected chair shot. He wasn't the one that's out here you know doing head drops. Like he was just doing big bumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this though, it, it, it always reminds me and takes me back to like the Sasha Banks uh, Hell on a Cell match where she was bumping like a mad woman because she's a mad woman. Where it's like, look. I understand that this is a gigantic match and a big match, so therefore you should. It's you want to do more stuff in a match to add to the stakes of it. I understand that, but you are real thin, and there's no meat on those bones, and there's nothing on those bones besides bones. And you taking bumps like that, you. Pr- <sighs> That's a lot of punishment that uh, that people that are bigger in size have more around their bones can sustain. Like it's the Mick Foley thing. People think that Mick Foley was able to take that kind of punishment and do it for longer and take those kind of risks in part because of the way his body was shaped. Like, and when you're real thin, there's nothing to help absorb that kind of that kind of trauma. So enforce. You so, can't get those bones back. I, Right, so I mean, hopefully he's not doing this every time he's on AEW television because that that's not that's not healthy. I've that heard is, he's had matches with surgeon, Walter, and Walter oh, like beat the shit out of him before. I haven't seen the match, but oh I, like he's wrestled everybody essentially. He was an evolved guy and so what, everything. Like so that. what you're telling me is that like there there may there may be a shot or video footage of Walter touching his man's heart. Yes. Oh, yes. But uh, back to the match, like with Cody, like I thought this was incredible. Um, amazing story here. Cody's s- s- like just like the the literally the opposite of Darby Allen. I, when when I saw the match like announced, it was like I don't fucking get it at all. Like it's like whatever. And then you see like the entrance, and then uh, Darby Allen like is just staring at this man who has everything. He has he has it all. Like he's the golden guy is like the crowd loves him. He's you know EVP and he he has his woman with him and Darby's just like this black soul that's that's there like but like he's like he's like all right I'm gonna make a name off of you guy and no matter yeah. what Cody ended up doing to this guy and Cody ended up snapping at different points during the match like why doesn't you know why hasn't my offense like finish this little fucker like and right he could not beat that man and I thought that was. When when I figured out what they were doing, I was like, "This is awesome." Like for me, it was almost if if I, there was a time machine that I can go get, uh, like two thousand, like late two thousand heel, two thousand thirteen heel Randy Orton, and have him have a match against like, against like one two three kid, <laughs> like the updated version of one, two, three kid. Like that's what that, that's what I imagine that match would be like. And the whole idea is like, we were trying to get him over in a similar fashion to when you beat razor. Like, yeah. like we're not going to beat him because that chill. We won't, we're not going to go there yet. But like, if we're going to give him something to say, like this dude has a, that dude has something to him and you would have draw. Like, that's what I imagine a match would be similar to. And it was funny. Cause I thought about the Randy Orton stuff of like, he's just working slow, methodical and he's working his own pace. He don't give a damn about these fans. He just wants to beat this dude and just show that he's bearing or he's just, you know, he can do whatever he wants. And then all of a sudden, then he breaks out the Garvin stomp. And then he does like the, the Randy Orton pin where he'll, he'll, you know, front cover and he puts the drop that forearm across his face and just lean up. I was like, okay, okay, Cody. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, like for me watching it on TV, like the first beginning of the match was was fine, then the middle just dragged, and then once people, once you kind of like crowd woke up realizing like, oh my god, this might go towards the draw, and people started seeing like it's gonna get to the draw, like that's when it got great. And so you know, um, I think it was so effective too. It was because it wasn't the only, the draw didn't just come out of nowhere. It was like. All throughout the night, they were announcing match times. Right. And I don't know if they yep. did this at double or nothing. And they did I, not. Not, it, to that, not that I remember. Right. No. And I thought it was effective because the first time I noticed it was in the Nile Rose match. Like, and, and I was like, oh, I, I like that. Like, like, whatever. And then you saw it. Like, they set the stage for this. This is what we talk about insurance. This, this created insurance. Like, all right, this can happen now. Yeah. And also, the thing that it helps them with is they don't want to, you know, at least early on, the word is they don't want to do fuck finishes and nonsense. Well, that's what the time limit draws for. Is that's the way to get out of it? Like, you're not, you're not gonna be like you're not gonna be mad at the Booker. Uh, I mean, unless they start drawing you to death, right? Yeah, but like, they're, they're not only, gonna yeah. they're not gonna you know be you know unless they abuse it like and you treat it responsibly. Like you can get value out of, all right, we'll run the match back later and you want to see it or, or make you want to see a match more than you thought. Like the Darby Allen Cody match for this match. Like, okay, it's a cool match. I never want to see it. Like this. See, I want to see it again. Yeah. And, um, and it's not even something that I need to necessarily see soon. Like they could come right, back to this right. in a year or whatever, like, and be like, all right, run it again. And if imagine if they do another draw and they put like, that on TV, they, they could put that on TV right. when they start this off in the first month and then people will be in on this. And then, and then like people that didn't watch fighter fest might be like, I don't, I don't get it, but there's a story there now. Like, and, and the, and the deal is like, he was dead to rights essentially if there was more time, but he didn't lose, right? right? Next right. time he could have Cody dead to rights or whatever. And then yep. what do you have? A third match where you can finally put the guy over. And and guess what? A star is born. Like, so, <laughs> like so. I think I think um I think the play for, for Darby Allen ultimately is like to get him how old is he again? I will look that up. He's probably young. He's very um, but, young. But yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I don't think you take a bump like that at thirty. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think that the play ultimately is to get him elevated, to get him in the mix with like you know six months from now he's fighting MJF. Like that is you know or, you know, a bunch of people I want to see like slap the shit out of MJF. But you get my point. Like ultimately, <laughs> Ooh, like everybody. you want him in that middle, card, you want him in that in that mid card hunt right now. Like and dude, like that could be a feature few for him right now. Like Allen versus Jungle Boy. Uh, right. Like that could be like a you know that could be a thing for multiple years. Darby Allen was born in 1997, so he's either 21 or 22. Yeah, right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, <laughs> young stars. Um. So yeah, up next. Uh, Oh yeah! After how can I forget this? The <laughs> after the match, <laughs> the draw happens and uh, Darby comes in and out of the body bag. I went four and a half on this. He comes in and out of the body bag and everything like that. Does the draw and kind of like slinks and disappears. I wish they would have kind of did more with that. Like had him stood stand up with Cody essentially, and either Cody can be like I respect you or something like that. I don't know. Like I, I wanted a little bit something more there, but maybe they were just trying to minimize that for what happened next. Do you want Do you want to hand him a house mic and he says I respect you, Booker Man? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I mean, you know, I just I just wondering. All, look, just all wondering. it takes is the look. All all it took, all would have taken was the look essentially. Okay. Like, and um. They 
basically okay and, and and to tie that in when the british bulldog beat bret hart at SummerSlam 92 he yeah. was either high or whatever out of his mind and you know he was like just so happy or whatever I, be- Bre- I believe the story is that he was high on crack the night before correct and, and Bret Hart like strung together that match or whatever and then at the end Bret was really trying to get the Bulldog to look at him to essentially like make the audience cry essentially but Bulldog was just caught up in the celebration just like whatever and never looked at him or whatever <laughs> like so I thought that could have benefited from like a look. I don't know. Maybe I missed it because it wasn't on TV or whatever. Or I didn't. Well, this is what I will say. You know, it could have been worse as far as the Bret Hart thing. Like someone could have told Earl to tell him to get the fuck out of his ring. God damn it. it. (laughs) (laughs) So Sean Spears comes out. Uh, Yeah. A a different Sean. Yeah. Yeah. A different Sean. Uh, He comes out. Um, has the mohawk, of course, a new hairstyle, and he looks fucking jacked. Do you do you see that? What this man look like in the shirt now? Yeah, he probably he looks kind of like how he looked when he was in XT, like the 2014 edition. When he was out here tagging with um, Jason Jordan. Yeah, like this man been in that weight room. Like, yeah. I don't know what the wellness policy in AEW is well, if, if there is one. Speaking of not. wellness policy, you see, we'll get to it probably later. But do you see Dalton Castle's back? Yeah. Um. So. Cody turns around and gets waffled uh, with a steel chair in the dome piece. Um, Cody has his hands down. Controversy ensued because we don't see these uh, in wrestling too often anymore, pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, they, like, it sounded off uh, with that tin and the metal piece. Looks like it, like, wrapped around his head and he was bleeding the back of his head. I was sitting so far away, of course, when we found out he was bleeding, I was like, before the match started, I was like, so what 1985 shit is uh, Cody going to do tonight? It didn't happen <laughs> or whatever. I mean, he went to a time limit draw, but whatever. Um, the, and, I was, and then I was like, this fucker can't help himself from blading. But then I realized he wasn't blading when I watched, watched it back. Um, yeah, I at first, at first, like, he got hit, and I was, like, so disgusted. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're doing headshots in, in 2019, you goddamn dummies. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's a pool of blood. I was like, did he blade? And then you see the replay. I was like, "Oh, he didn't blade the the, the bottom lip of the uh, from the top part of the uh, chair end up catching him on the back." Yeah. So then you know, after the match, anyway, they say that like, well, the seat was gimmicked, but that ain't what got him. What got him was the lip part. So it's like, okay, so you couldn't gimmick that part because. I, I, and then, it, and then it's like the answer is whatever the answer is. Ultimately, it's like maybe we shouldn't just maybe we should just not do any of this. Yeah, I, I think the deal was like Cody, like and Sean Spears, like I can trust Sean Spears to do it. He's a professional, or whatever, and he just whiffed. Like, <laughs> like that's like, and I think Tony Khan said like we can build the world's safest airplane, but it's still like somebody got to fly that shit. Like so, right, right, right. <laughs> and, 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 I don't, I don't really, I don't necessarily blame anybody as much as just. Let's just not do it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. Like you know me, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like these people gonna do whatever they do in the ring and all that. But 
it was like, wow, it was a moment. And then the only thing I didn't like was when I watched it back on commentary, they were talking about CTE testing and stuff on all that. I was like, stop. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not the road you want to go down with that. Did they say CTE testing? Yes, yes. And I'm like, first, someone has to die <laughs> before you can do CTE testing, as far as I yep. know right now. And B, they could have said a bunch of other things like, <laughs> You know, he may have to go in concussion protocol. He 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 may have to, you know, like how would this affect him going forward? Just like different things like that, they could have done yeah. rather than throw they could have talked. They could have talked about the injury similar to how they talk about like how uh, hell in a cell changes you after going through it or cage matches or whatever else. Rather they than could have saying, done that too. Rather yeah. than saying CTE and then people holding up a flag and say yeah yeah CTE that could happen to somebody. I'm like. I feel like it was like you 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 hung red meat uh, for yeah. for people that want to like tear you down right there by yeah. mentioning my, that CTE stuff. Yeah, I I would say this: <clears throat> if you're doing a spot that you're going to have people on commentary come out and say CTE about, then maybe just maybe you don't do the fucking spot. <laughs> like, there is always that option. <laughs> yeah, there's always the option of not hitting people in the fucking head or dropping them on their head. Like I'm, mean, you know. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. Like, just don't do it. Like, if I mean they do have the old school vibe of he. I mean I don't know. I they could have done something else. There's a million things you could do to where you could have put them on the shelf or what have you. And the thing is, like, when is the Fight for the Fallen show? Two weeks. So Cody in theory was supposed to. Let's say his head doesn't. He doesn't get his head busted open. Right. He doesn't get hard away by the chair. Um. In theory, he's supposed to have. How devastating was his injury if he's going to just go and fucking wrestle two weeks later at um, against the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it, the, the timing was different. It would have made more sense, like if there was a lay. Uh, like let's say this happened after All Out or not All Out, but Double or Nothing, leading into this, it's like okay, so he's been gone for a month. That explains why he can quote unquote recover. Blah 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 blah. Like, but you know. You take a shot like that, and then there's and then there happens to be blood, which makes it which even builds even more. Like I mean, they're gonna have something for their eventual uh, thing, and I mean they had they do have a story when they show uh, on yeah. Twitter with with uh I'm I'm always gonna call him Ty. I'm sorry, but like when Sean Spears ha- uh, put up the thing about how he's pitched that Cody called him a good hand, like instant story, right? Instant instant story in middle thing. It's like and also they the were co- like tag team partners like from years ago and like this is like gonna be Cody's like his personal story that he gets to do. Yeah. Essentially. Like Cody Cody's almost one of like a almost one of the thing where it's like I'm just gonna wrestle like all people that are like con- he's 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 trying to go like the Spider Man route. Like everybody that like is a, a revolved or been in parts of my career, I'm just going to wrestle on AEW and like so I have an easy story and we can just tear into each other eventually. Like so it's go- like so Cody is gonna have like a nice little run for a while. I mean I think I think it's really cool how He's set up in that way, like he's the storytelling guy, kind of. He's a story old school NWA attitude era-ish kind of. I guess I have to say attitude era because it's fucking headshot. But <laughs> huh. so you got you kind of have him as that right now, and then you have uh, you have Ambrose as like this fucking maniac who's doing all these, you know, just just all all the he'll do whatever it takes to whoop your ass, right? To bust your head. So and then like Kenny and the Young Bucks. Like they're kind of in some type of um, utility utility role right now. Like I think Kenny's going to kind of get out of that heading into All Out, but like they all have like these roles that are kind of cool right now. And like 
they kind of have separate identities as opposed to like, oh yeah, these are the top five guys, and they all do, and they're all doing kind of different things. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but um, yeah, going forward, it looks like it's going to be Spears and Cody uh, heading forward. It should be mm-hmm. interesting to see see what they can come up with because there's nothing that's going to motivate you like one to prove something. So yeah. uh, those who <laughs> that, well, like like that old Ryan Kendrick, something to prove. <laughs> wow. So after after this, right? Like, what do you think? Where do you think ultimately, like in the hierarchy, he kind of uh, Sean Spears kind of lands after this Cody thing? I think he's like essentially going to be the top like mid Carter. Like that's a heel. Like this this made him a heel now. Um, like even above MJF, or do you think he'll be like in that t- or he'll be in the top top of the mid card in that mix? He'll be at the top to start then with the idea of like eventually he's going to go upside Jungle Boy's head. Eventually he's going to go mm. upside like you know uh, Darby's head. Eventually he'll. Gotcha. He'll go upside. Hey, man, I'll have to fight him at some point. Like, different shit like yeah, that. So yeah. Gotcha. He's, he's going okay. to be a good hand. Like, <laughs> but, oh, but I think he's going to be, like, a lot more violent for some reason. Like, there's like, well, like there's a look that I saw um, on him last night that was just, like, he looks way more swole. He has the different haircut. And he looks just like he has no soul and he's intense. So... <laughs> He's no. You said you think he's gonna be more violent. You said it's because of the look. It's like no. It's because he bounced the fucking chair off Cody's head. Right, like, and then showing what the fuck he's capable so- of like that. Like he's gonna lay a motherfucker out. Cody had twelve staples or some shit in his head. Um, yeah. Like l- luckily, uh, here's no another thing, right? Here's another thing, right? That I don't like them doing. They came out and said that, or either Cody said it or uh, Tony Khan said. It. One thing I did not like them saying was. Immediately after he got the staples, they said he had no concussion. It's like, motherfucker, like, we all, I don't know how many people know about how concussions work, but, like, just because you don't have a concussion, like, right that fucking moment after the immediate trauma does not mean you did not suffer concussion, or you're not going to have symptoms the next morning, or a day, or a couple days after. Like, that's not how that works, right? So, like, I didn't like them coming out and trying to meet, like, say, like, oh, well, he has no concussion, nothing to see here, move on. Like, no, like, it's okay. Just say, look, man, mistakes were made, and we'll move on from there. Like, because if this shit pops up later, that some if, if a situation like this come, comes up later, like there's a leaves a, a huge opportunity for something else to pop up on the back end, where it's like, oh yeah, like he had this late onset concussion, and now like we can't use this dude because we, you know, and people are gonna look at you crazy. So I, I don't, I don't think that was a good idea for them to come out there and say that, and like that declarative anyway. So up next, it was the. The Elite against the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid. And these fuckers came out dressed as uh, Ryu and Ken. The building turned over when that shit happened. Like, <laughs> I heard that Street Fighter music. I was like, these guys are fucking geniuses. Like, <laughs> like Kenny was like, yeah, uh, like, like that's why the, the videos or whatever let up. Like, Kenny was like, yeah, I, I got y'all some new new gear uh, since y'all, like, we, we didn't get your regular gear. Well, I took care of that or whatever. Yeah. And when you see them j- going around in the fighting stance, like you're in the Mortal Kombat, or excuse me, like you're in Street Fighter, <laughs> I was fucking, like, just I just died laughing. Like, like they're so self-aware. They're... They're almost like the opposite of where everyone thinks they are. Like, like it's like, bro, I I love the Bucks. I love Kenny. Like, this is like, this shit was great. Like, like uh, Kenny was dressed up as Akuma, and of course, like, this. Okay, so when did you realize, or at what point do you realize that Kenny is gonna be Akuma? 
Josh like told me immediately because you know I can't see like that. So like he's oh, like, oh, his yeah. hair is red. Like <laughs> no, no, no. I meant no. I meant like, did you realize or did y'all like? Did it come to you that like, oh my god, Kenny is going to come out as Akuma? Like after like, it's me. Like the second those two came out as Ryu and Ken, I was like, oh, he's gonna be Akuma. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what Kenny would be. Like, oh, okay. That's what I, that's what I immediately assumed. And then like he came out, I was like, dude, like. I don't give a damn how much money he makes. I don't care like what platform he's gonna be on. Kenny Omega refuses to not have the worst fucking hair you've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, it looked, he had it up in a bun and he, in the dot. Like, do you see how the dot was getting on the mat every time he took bumps? Nah. Yeah, like that wasn't blood that was on that mat. That was his. That was his spray job. Wow. Like it was. Yeah, I was like, yo, Kenny, you you, you bugging, bro? Like. <laughs> It's like the, the hair gonna match the gear or, or the aesthetic, you know. Uh, you know when it comes to him, but I fucking love this match. This is Rich Ladders Pro Wrestling flying oh, all around, j- j- and and the um, Lucha Bros when they came out, I loved their music. And this is actually another Hangman point that that I I came well, and I was and the guy that was sitting next to um, Josh on the other side, like we were talking about it, it was like. You can just feel it, like, when certain, like, you know, music comes. And then when Heyman's music plays, like, you don't, like, feel that shit. Like, <laughs> like when it plays, like, Stone oh, Cold Steve Austin. That Western shit. That shit like, like, if you're, like, Austin, yeah. if you're The Rock. Like, and this one's just, like, like, it's just smooth. Like, and there's nothing wrong with smooth. But if you're, like, I don't know. It doesn't, like, it don't connect. I think... I think it worked better. I, I think that music worked better, or Hangman's music worked better in um, in New Japan um, than it does here, at least so far. Like, it just because I, I, you, I don't think you watch. I don't. I think you only saw the is it Darby Allen match the one you've seen TV copy of. Right, I saw that, and I saw like half of the uh, six man. Okay, well. You know, we talked about how NXT is like they've chosen what they're what they want their what the theme of their of their what their soundtracks to be, right? Yeah. Like it's pretty did much you, did like, you like the Fighter Fest one. It, it is Triple H is picking Triple H is picking out like the rock. He's he is curating the rock sound selection soundtrack and like look, I like Triple H's case for the for the for the for that, but like ultimately like look at where. Most of the streaming is being, most of the streams are going and look at what the charts look like. That's not representative of what yeah. the youth or pop culture is really into. Bro, we were cranking so, the whole night during to, to the theme song and, or whatever in the crowd. Oh, they were, so they were playing that. They, they were playing, playing that all throughout okay. the night. That's that's what I was getting at. Is our, like AEW, on the other hand, they're, they're more in tune with what is actually being played around and it's like that little thing there shows me or that little thing there is like it's interesting i saying it's in it's indicative of anything but i think it's interesting it's just something to kind of keep your like oh, okay like the, the small thing is kind of like okay that's interesting like they kind of and then their music i mean i think it's cool that uh for some of them like uh yuga sagazaki what at all i'm sorry at double or nothing she came out to her Tokyo Joshi Pro music, the the I I I I I, you know that nonsense, as I like uh whatever. But then like she has her own music now, so like it was. I think it's cool that you know, first show in we'll play we'll play the hits, and then like now we're gonna transition to like what what you're gonna be here now. Like they're not calling it the Dirty D's, they're calling it the Paradigm Shift and right, stuff like that. Right. So, um, 
So I've, I've just thought that is something in the note that I thought was interesting as far as, but yeah, I do like the Lucha Brothers music. Yeah, and shit. She and was I do hard. like the fact that like they come, like <laughs> I, another thing I like about them is like they come they come out and they're in the fucking warm ups. Yes, I fucking <laughs> love that shit. <laughs> like yeah, like, like we going to work. Like yeah, like, yeah. Like, like like we coming out here to, to fuck somebody up. Um, yes. but I thought this was absolutely incredible. Uh, Laredo kid was awesome. Kenny and the bus were awesome. Uh, like that Ryu and Ken shit. That shit bought me like that bought a bunch of real estate with me. Um, and it, you know, real quick, who who did you like between Ryu and Ken in the game? Uh, oh, I always pick Ryu. Okay, I always pick Ken. So, <laughs> see, see, look, Jing- jingoism. That's pure jingoism on your end. You know, I, I just like, okay, well, you know, I, I, they, they both work the same. Is like, I just pick the. I just picked the guy that's the, that's like the first player. Yeah. Like normally in the in the screen it was always like the first player, then Ken was second. Mm-hmm. I, I was like the red, you know. I, you know, I was like the red gee, so thought that was cool. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's another part about it. It's like I never really saw many martial arts where people had the red keys. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I was, and I like I you know I did Taekwondo when I was a kid, so I was like I'll, I'll take the white. Yeah. Uh, this was five stars. Like <laughs> like I don't know. You know, I'll never get sick and tired of this match. I this style match. It's real hard to fuck these up, and I think you can only fuck them up when you're not reading the temperature of the room. And I thought that they had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands the whole time, and it was just like, wow, what else can they do? Oh, they topped it. Oh, they they did a kick out. Oh, everyone's still with them. Oh, this everyone's still going crazy. Oh, everyone's like. Watching these motherfuckers fly all around. Oh, there's a comeback. There's a fucking uh, Shuriken or whatever, the Hadouken shit. And it was just like, I loved it. <laughs> Especially okay, in the so building. I hated the Hadouken thing because it's like, like, come on, guys. Like, it, I would say this. If they had gave them a double palm strike in their midsection, they both fell off of that. I could, I can, I can be okay with it. But like, they literally sold for the fucking plasma for the for the invisible plasma uh, fireball. Like, uh, okay, okay, all right, sure. But um, you know, I mean, there's too much shit that happened in that match to even count. <laughs> I can't so even. I can't even. I'm not trying to review or whatever else. Like, story, what story? Like on the on commentary before the match started, they literally called it an all. It's like an all star game. Yes, it's <laughs> a fucking all star game. That's great. I was like, I was like, see, like at least look, sure, fine. It's exhibition. They just out here doing shit and. Um, I, I don't really know how to rate the match. Like, I would give it a customary four and a half. Like, that's typically how I give like yeah. great. At this point, with NXT and like their tag matches, that's kind of where I am with like um, that's kind of where I am. Like, you give me a kick-ass tag match, and it's not like the best thing I've ever seen in my life with some huge story and like uh-huh. mega gigantic kickouts. I'll just give it a customary four and a half and call it a day. Like, what? So, if you want to, if people like, what do you give the double or nothing match between the Young Bucks and uh the uh, four and three Bruce quarters? Bucks? Four and three quarters. Okay, so like, if you want to give it five, it's it's five. If you want to give it, you know, four and three, cool. If you want to give four and a half, give it four. Like for me, it's like, it's whatever. I'm the, like, my, I turn my brain off. I was just watching just just this spot. <laughs> I just watched the spot porn at that point. Yes. I was like, this is awesome. And then I mean, but six, like, there six certain, man there tag Nirvana. With, there are certain things with the camera angles, like that. Oh yeah, they did a better job overall in the night than at Double or Nothing, but. They still struggle mightily at, at trying to catch action that is uh, like dives and flips and stuff like that. They're still very bad. They're still bad at that and miss stuff. So, mm-hmm. 
And one thing I thought that they didn't, they were not good at is because they're holding a tight, they're holding a lot of the work is done from the hard cam when they're not constantly switching, like let's say WWE. Um, one thing that they are not as good at that compared to WWE is if they're shooting from the hard cam, they know how to focus the hard cam on exactly what you need to focus on. And like, never mind the shit that's happening outside the ring that will distract from the match. Like there are plenty of times during the match on the TV copy where you see Laredo kids in the ring and it's his turn to get the heat on him. And like, because the Lucha Bros have both been laid out on the ringside, you'll see the Lucha Bros because like they're it's almost like they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next because it's their it's quote unquote their turn uh-huh. uh, coming up soon. Like you see them standing on the you're standing against the apron, both of them, and they're like communicating or whatever. So it's just like, why am I seeing this? <laughs> so like, and, and I'm sure from you know you watch it live in the building, it's it's something you don't even think about because like whatever, right? Because right? you're just watching the match and like you know people you know take breaks on the outside or whatever. But it's like it, certain things that were happening in tag match were like distracting that were happening on the floor. It's almost like if you're watching like, um, like a Royal Rumble match and then like, like let's say the 2018 women's Royal Rumble match where like there were a bunch of times where like women were getting just going underneath the bottom rope yeah. and they were, they were hitting cues trying to get back in. Like you'd be distracted if you saw a shot, a hard shot of camera and it's wide out and you can see people laying on the floor from the sides. Like it would be distracting. So, they need to try to figure out how to not do that. <laughs> I and also in, from the inbuilding perspective, and this was a thing all night. They w- weren't showing the action on the screen, so there were like really? a chance the, the whole thing. And it was tough to see everything when someone dive out the ring. But like, Kevin Dunya, huh? Yeah, so like I wouldn't mm. be able to see like actually what they're falling on or whatever like that. And then they would show a replay on the screen, and everyone would cheer like, "Yay, leave it up!" And then it's like, "Get the screen, get the screen." You that's what they were cheering. Yes, that, that's what they were cheering throughout different times, like throughout the night. Mm. I don't understand the need. I don't understand the need for like the for people to. I, okay, regardless of how big or small a building is, if it is if it is a uh, if you are above a story above the ring, right, you are going to need a screen to be able to catch some action that you miss because there are people doing a bunch of athletic shit at a fast pace and diving right. here and there. I don't give a damn what company it is. So when Kevin Dunn does not put shit on the, or, or like the Tacoma Dome show that the people were talking about, about how like they didn't ever, they never, there's no Titan Tron above head or Jumbotron above the rings. So, and so they don't put it on the Titan Tron or whatever else. Like you are hindering the quality of your show. And in that particular situation, we've been I've been at building before. Mm-hmm. Just this last year, the CEO show. That show is big or that building is big enough to where if you're sitting in a certain seat, like you're gonna miss some action. So put it on the fucking put the damn screen right. up. And, and, and where we were sitting was kinda like where we were sitting. All right, like remember we think about where we were last year. We yeah, were yeah. like, um if you're watching on TV, it's it's up. And then over, but on the floor, kind of like like we were like a row or two off the ground. So it was okay. like we're kind of looking across, trying to see whatever. And I can see um, I'm directly behind the turnbuckle, like just extended like a hundred feet out or whatever, mm-hmm. like or you know two hundred feet out. And it was really tough. Yeah, yeah. You like maybe you like maybe like a hundred feet or whatever. I don't know. And <clears throat> it was like well. I can see a lot of this stuff. But I can't see all of it. So I think, gotcha. you know, if I could suggest anything, not that they'll listen, but um, put a fucking screen up. Um, you know, that goes for all promotions. But yeah, um, like if you have a screen, put the, put the feet up. It's not it's not that difficult. Yeah. 
Then uh, that was the main event of the of the show, the uh, elite versus uh, loser bros. Kenny got oh the vi- got the victory over uh, Laredo Kid. And oh, oh, one thing, did yeah. you notice or in in the building after the show? Do you notice that like it seemed like Kenny and and Pentagon were like going back and forth? Yes, like like okay. yeah, like we got smoke. We'll, we'll see one day. Like, like and Kenny got the match with Shima, and then of course he got Moxley at All Out. But I would be hard. Pre- I would think there's going to be another match there. I would think if there's, there's going to be another. If there is another Pentagon, if there is another Pentagon match, can we please, for the love of God, get them some fucking wins? Like they can't, they can't <laughs> just be, they can't just be the fucking elite jobbers. Yeah, I. That's why I think they're going to do another Bus Lucha match, and I think the the um, Lucha Brothers are going to win. Like they should, yeah, and like they beat them in Mexico a couple weeks ago for the Triple right. A belt, but, but AEW, right? I, they, I think they can have like a ladder match or something, and you know they can they can beat the Bucks there and do that. Um, up next, uh, we you know the show ended essentially, and then we got an announcement that there was one more match uh, that was unsanctioned, the Lights Out match. Between John Mosley and Joe Janela, and didn't like, you know, I, I I heard on commentary like uh, they were saying, um, yeah, you know, this is the regular, uh, you know, we got one more match after this and whatever. But it was real nice to see um, another motivated guy get another shot in Joe Janela. And I'm just gonna say it, and James, you might look at me crazy, or and people that hear this might look at me crazy. This was the modern day Terry Funk versus Mick Foley. So. <laughs> When, when you think about people wanting to, to put themselves through hell, when you think about the aesthetic that each of them carries, uh, a, a, a northeast guy in Joey Janela, Joey Janela, just like Mick Foley, who's willing to do, to literally die to become a legend in the ring, <laughs> like I, it lines up with with uh, you know John Moxley, Terry Funk, essentially who's oh. a worker who can wrestle that deathmatch shit. I didn't think I, I didn't I never thought of the funk and Foley stuff, but like what was happening to me while I was watching it, um or at least after, immediately after, my thoughts were like I started comparing it to like Foley Edge, Foley Orton, mm-hmm. Foley Triple H, uh Foley Rock. I started comparing it to Foley like classic Foley matches hardcore matches or matches that were, you know, hyper violent. So mm-hmm. um in my mind that's where I went. So right. I, but I never thought like one in particular was actually Foley or or the other one was. I just thought of it as like, let me compare this to other like quote unquote hardcore matches or stuff that you know hyper violent matches that I've seen that are like in North America that are in like WWF lore. So that's kind of where I that's kind of where I uh, that's where I went with it. So like for me to hear the funk Foley thing, like granted like. You know, people are gonna bristle that because, like, oh yeah. By the way, like today's Terry Funk's seventy fifth birthday. Happy birthday, but, Terry Funk! Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I understand why people would bristle at that. But as far as like the quality of the match, like it, it was up there, and I was like, they did stuff like, like that spot with the feet. Because I have a thing I about ain't feet. Never seen this shit like that. Like, you, you know me. Like, I have a thing about feet. Where it's like, I don't fuck with feet in no way, shape, or form. Keep them fucking hooves away from me. I don't give a damn what they look like. Also, so, wash your feet. <laughs> Yes, that too. Always so, remember, wash your ass. One day yeah. ready up. <laughs> your so, ass, your legs, your, your feet. <laughs> so, um, so for me, like once he took the shoes off, I was like, no, 
No. I was like, bro, he's going to beat his ass and take his shoes. Like, no, that, that's what I thought. I thought, like, no, my immediate thought was, like, he's going to drop him on the fucking thumbtacks. And then, sure enough, like, they teased like he was going to do it, and they didn't. And then all of a sudden, he basically atomic dropped him onto the stage. I was like, God damn it. And I was just like, I was just like, oh, the whole rest of the match. But, like, I mean, granted, they built towards that, but, like, I, I thought it. I thought it was a classic hardcore match, and for a person that doesn't really like, that's not my thing. Like, I'm not into, I'm not really into horror or, uh, I, I, you know, TZW shit or whatever else. Like, so my 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 kind of like uh, memory bank for that sort of stuff is limited. But like, it was up there amongst the best stuff I, I I've seen in that genre. And I'm, and I'm not no expert on it, so like, don't come at me talking about what about. X, what about Dungeon Master 49 versus uh, Doomface? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I never watched them, nigga. So yes. I don't um, know those people. I'm just making up names. But yeah. you know, I point like I don't. I don't know. Don't come to me. But I'm just like for my for my small my small like a uh, bank of that stuff. Like it it race with the rest of that stuff. Yeah. Um. And I'm not. I don't really traffic in the deathmatch stuff, but I appreciate it. Uh. And I don't. It, to, for me, how I kind of look at it, right? It, as long as it's not just people whacking each other with like no kind of like reason, like all right, I'm gonna just hit you with, with a fucking light tube. Now I'm gonna just hit you with a fucking light tube. Now, right? There must like, be a, there must be a story of escalation and finish. yeah, like and I thought these two like everything they pulled out, they were trying to up the ante and right and like just. Right. All right, you gonna take it here? I'm gonna take it there. Now I'm gonna take it here, and then like it, right. it seemed like it, it worked out well. And my concern going into the match was, uh, my my thing whenever I watch Joey Janela is his matches always go way too fucking long, and like and, and, <laughs> and then they go way too past the peak, like you know. And then my my thought for Mosley was, all right, Mosley's gonna gonna essentially be close, be able to know how to close this match off, and it was flawless in that that regard, and. Yeah, because this is mu- this was light years beyond um, that fucking match he had with uh with with Hangman and um at all out all in last year. Yep. So yeah, I agree. And um, Moxley looked like a superstar all throughout it. Um, how about it now, Seth Rollins? Um, you're talking about <laughs> this man took his ball and went home. Yeah, that that sure looked like a quitter to me, James. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I I feel like at least to me. I feel like I've seen like the the match against Juice. Yep. And the match last night. I feel like I've seen the best two singles matches I've seen I've ever seen Ambrose have. Mm-hmm. Um. So like that's kind of where we are at. And you know, I'm I'm actually more. I mean, I'm not more. Like I'm kind of like wow. Like how's the dude gonna heal up in time to, to like get on the plane and then do fucking G one. <laughs> But, but um, I'm I'm actually like more intrigued to see like how he's going to survive and how he's going to do than even before now that this match is now like now this dude like he's he's actually like put his money where his mouth is after like talking all that all that cash about like WWE and how he's been held back like he's living up to that like I you know and then granted most of the stuff wasn't even about you know wrestling about the actual wrestling it's about the character stuff right. so it's like. This dude now is performing in the ring, you know, or he's having better. I don't want to say about performing because obviously these matches are kind of um, different, right? Like you got people jumping off fucking balconies and damn near breaking their tailbones, and yeah. then like you know people jumping off ladders. But like the match quality is higher now outside of WWE than it is than it was in WWE, especially like the last two years. It's a single, so um, like. And then, like he's put it's, together it's, it's, everything. It's interesting, like I can, and like the, the angle they shot afterwards. 
Yes, we'll get there in a moment. But like, uh, the the deal with him is like he's rounded off everything else outside of the ring to where he's just like this magnetic presence. Is like you you wanted John Moxley to be to make his entrance near you. I don't like that he came through the um the regular entrance or whatever. I thought he should have came through the crowd again, like and just like keep that or whatever. But like, it's like when he enters the room, the temperature changes, and we don't know what's gonna happen. But he's like. He, there's just something about him, and he's drawing people in. He's drawing people to buildings. He's drawing people to, like, interact with his social media in oh. a way that, like, it never, like, worked. It, like, for whatever reason, he had no interest in doing it. Maybe because WWE, like, you know, would have micromanaged it even more or whatever. Um, not saying that for, fa- for fact, but um, just listening to his interviews. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, essentially, you know... I hate to use this comparison, right? But you remember when Trump won the election and Van Jones was like, uh, this is like a raw political talent, like like throw away like whatever he's talking about. He figured it out, whatever, how to, how to connect. And I think <laughs> Moxley figured out the way to connect with people. Your eyes lit up. Did Kawhi Leonard just announce uh, he's going to the Lakers? No. Um, what's your girl's name that's in the WNBA that does ESPN stuff? There's a few of them. Um. Oh my God. Uh, Cheney. Not sure. I can't pronounce her last name. Sorry um, for the R. She's one of those. Tw- she's one of the twins. I know the Paris twins. Not the Paris twins. That's Paris twins, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. I'm talking about Stanford. Um, oh. Um. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name right now. <laughs> um. But. They um, but anyway, basically, like she was, she was out there. Uh, she was on ESPN. Uh, the jump because they did a free entry special because you know the moratorium started at six and it was a multiple hour special and they just went off air. And Rachel Nichols had like this uh effect to where like she was letting off like cl- like uh like the club, uh you know the in the club uh the the miss stuff like the. Yes. One of them joints. She had a few of them around, like the set. So every time, like, new news hit about somebody signing, she would hit that joint and, and like, scare the shit out of, like, the people that are, you know, like, some of the uh, panelists. So anyway, like, they had so many panelists in because it was, a, it was like, a multiple hour thing. So it needed people to do, you know, to do spot duty. So when they signed off, they had people, like, there and also people, like, outside and around, mm-hmm. like, standing to show, like, all of them sign off. So she hits it one last time on a sign off, and Cheney was sitting underneath directly underneath one of those mist things that went up and she's in a she's in this fly red dress mm-hmm. and she got upskirted oh no like nothing was nothing was shown but like she just got completely just steamed she got steamed or misted or whatever you want to call it like all through her hair and face and upper dress and then like she walked off set so I was, that's why i made the face like oh my god like she's probably <laughs> furious <laughs> either she's either she's furious or she's embarrassed or whatever else but uh, she was, she was, she was, uh, she was killing that dress. I'll give her, I'll give her that. She was, she was wearing that dress, boy. Um, so, uh, so, so what, back, what are we talking back, about? Back to the match, like so. So, Joe you know, you want to talk about WNBA? No, no. We'll give. Okay, it, we, we can do that <laughs> another time. But <laughs> okay, so Joey Janela uh, got the pay per view main event for the second show. Uh, I think that's huge uh, for him, and you know got to be in there and be on that level. And that, that, that's the theme of the show. It seemed like Moxley, yeah, I think, or excuse me, um, you know, Janela, yeah, think, Darby Allen, think, private party. Um, 
it was a story, it was a night of elevation essentially yeah um I, I i think it's more of a night i was i wouldn't say elevation as much as it is a night of showcasing like i mean and we're gonna be doing that for a while right and i feel like that's gonna be part of the a part of AEW is like they're always gonna be constantly like showcases for people at different points like you know um because i feel like they're gonna be bringing in people that, that you don't know but you will know or, or you probably should know so they're gonna provide that spotlight and like you know i think that's gonna keep the product fresh um but as far as janela um i think janela probably settles in in that mid-card pack as well right right and I don't, I don't see him as a like a world title guy or anything like that. Oh but no, like, no, like I think he's of serious value because he has yeah. a built-in fan base. He right. has his own like kind of cool aesthetic, and he still has like Joe Janela Spring Break, which can be mm-hmm. like if you want to eventually integrate that with AEW or I don't know how that will work. You know, with the whole GCW thing, I don't know if they own that. You know, whatever, but. Um, he can he can wrestle anybody. I think like that. He's he's gonna be a, a great utility guy. Um, you know that you're gonna you can literally throw him in there with anybody. I'd watch a Kenny Omega Joe Janela match. I'd I'd watch a damn uh, Joe Janela versus Hangman match. I'd watch a Joe Janela in a tag team match. Like I don't know. He's just a versatile, unique kind of performer for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I, I think um. I think as long as he's in there with somebody that either a can provide something that he doesn't, then he'll be good. Like you can't just have like death match versus death match. Like, I don't want to say, I don't really want to see him versus Jimmy Havoc. I want to see him versus Jericho. Yeah. That's my point. I want to see him versus like people that don't like, I want to see, you know, you know, spectacular high flyer versus, versus him. Like I want to see him versus Kenny's you mentioned. Like I want to see, uh, Janela versus like someone, someone like Cody for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's kind of what I want to see out of him. I don't want to see him, like, oh, like, go out there and have your, you know, your, your clusterfuck with, with Jimmy Havoc or, or Darby <laughs> Allen. Like, because, like, they're both, oh, so you're both going to jump off of shit really high. Okay, cool. Oh, like, you're man. both going to take danger. Oh, you're both going to take dangerous falls that can potentially kill you. Cool. Right? So, um, I, I think that, um, I think they need to just keep him as a treat him like if he's going to be your death match kind of guy, like, you know, you, you use that sparingly. You don't have him out here doing it every paper, every pay-per-view or whatever the hell we're calling these shows or even every, you know, big four show like a double or nothing or an all out slash yeah. in or whatever else. Like you have him do that thing like once a year. This is Clash of the Champions. Like that that's all this okay. is. Like okay. fair enough. <laughs> it's free. It's is for everybody. And you know, they're they're you know, they're kind of pay-per-views too. But uh after the match, Kenny Omega came out to beat that ass. Like <laughs> to, to 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 roll up and, and get some revenge um for Moxley jumping out on him at um double or nothing. I thought it was a nice little brawl they did. He ended up hitting him with the move. He literally played the drums on this man because Kenny's a fucking like lunatic and hit him with an electric guitar and everything like that. 
I thought it was interesting that like by him, the way he uh, he hit him with the drumsticks and also hit on the or tried to hit on the the drum set is like it's clear. And man, maybe has touched a set of drumsticks like five times in his life ever. <laughs> I thought that was interesting to know. To, interesting to know it's like oh he's nah he just out here just winging it. <laughs> so, so how hot is this Omega and Moxley thing now? Like they're they're in the business of selling pay per views right now, James. I feel oh like. my god, like I. I mean, for me, it's bigger than Omega Jericho. Oh yeah, from Double or Nothing. Yeah, it's bigger. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the obviously, you know, you got to worry about, um, you know, build or whatever else. But like right now, I I care more about that than I ever cared about uh, Jericho Omega Two. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, you know, I had no idea what was going on, but like I like I I, I want to see that. I feel like that's going to do bigger a bigger buy rate. Yeah, it, it, that's gonna be something to really watch, and you know, Jericho. Oh, and, it, and it's a thousand times bigger, <laughs> maybe a, maybe a hundred thousand times bigger than the fucking tag or than the title match. But you know, it is what it is. Like Jericho's gonna have to get on his like he's he's gonna have to show show people why he's Chris Jericho, why he makes all this money per match now, and it's gonna be an uphill battle for him. But I don't think he's gonna be able to swing that tide like as far as like. Oh no. You know, no, like unless unless the Ross, unless unless the Ross gonna take Adam Page uh, Adam Page's spot or like <laughs> or, or or some star that's in WWE that's like that's un- that that's like been treated like a star over the last couple of years that like is about to get out of his contract and I'm or totally unaware of. Well, I don't think there's any of those right now. Like unless like a Seth Rollins or a Roman or an AJ or a Daniel Bryan or a Ricochet or Johnny Gargano is gonna show up, or, you know, like I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna like do it. I just don't. I, I just enjoy the fact that Kenny Omega is going to get to show how to do a uh, uh, a blood feud with John Moxley the right way. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Um, that, that's funny considering that, like you know, Seth and Seth and uh, and Dean used to know how to do it, and then like they forgot. I don't know what the, uh, apparently so. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. I still. I'll. I'll never get over that. I one. will like, never you, forgive that feud. Like you, I, you. You've done it two times before, and both times were excellence. Right, <laughs> like I'm looking. It's funny because I'm looking at Chad's. Uh, I'm looking at Chad's book is right in front of me, and that that feud was somewhere in the top fifty. I'm assuming, from what I remember, mm-hmm. and it's probably in the forties, maybe. And then like, okay, so like they gonna add to it. Thank God. And now the dynamics have changed, right? And they fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They fucked it totally. Oh, uh, but speaking of fucking it, uh, Ring of Honor. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but overall, I thought Fighter Fest was a was a great show. A, another positive sign for AEW, and you know if they're gonna do this, this if this is the level, like I can rock with I, it. Like <laughs> I, this is what I say on the TV copy. I thought it was. I think. Um, I think it was a good show, maybe even a very good show. But the thing that may really take away is like the stuff that was supposed to matter all came through so from that perspective like if if you're if you're about a um if, if cody's one of your top if to- cody's one of the top four he succeeded by the end of the night um the young bucks and kenny that match was was a great match um moxley's first match in aw home run grand slam whatever the hell you want to call it touchdown slam dunk alley oop whatever right Triple play, whatever fuck, whatever thing for success you want to call it, right? Um, that so from that perspective, like it was one of those things where like it was a good show in like the stuff that people quote unquote tuned in to see or paid to see 
whatever else like that stuff came through uh in a bigger way than most of the car did so like in that perspective like it it, it was success it was a success yeah and <laughs> just don't do no more fucking headshots <laughs> yeah i think um they're going to if they're smart they'll stay away from that because that's it's a battle <laughs> excuse me that's an argument you can't really win because you can't prove you're right why would you want to win it right and you can't like like oh we rattle oh we rattle this this nigga's brains inside of his skull right. like oh he'll be okay no don't do it right what's wrong with you and, and you can only like create negativity around doing something like that but speaking of negativity a show where all the heels went over we don't talk about ring of honor much on this show and usually it's for, for good reason somehow i got talked into watching this show you know, I don't watch or care for. Who talked you into it? Was it the fact that, like I said, I'm kind of interested in watching this show, uh, like earlier in the week? Is that what it was? It was that in the combination of getting invited over uh, to watch it with Josh and Jeremy. I was like, "All right, I'll watch it." Then, like, I, I'm not doing anything else. Um, but you see, I ain't go over there. This was <laughs> no, no. Answer, no respond to that one. You see, I ain't go over there. <laughs> All right, it's Ring of Honor. It's Ring of oh, Honor. Look, it's it, Ring of look, Honor. Guess Post what, elite. Look, Post elite. look, guess what Rich did during the show? What? Sleep. Oh, you fell asleep? <laughs> yes. Oh, I, fell asleep. I fell asleep for a good portion of, of the card, uh, and I picked my spots well. Um, you know, I was that whole Jonathan Gresham match where he's punching people in the dick after sleep. Um, the the Allure match, sleep. <laughs> just, just falling in and out, and... I'm just like reading the results. What did you think of this, man? Because this is just this company's oh. like they're they got all these dudes on there that seem to have something going for them, right? Or have something special about them. They all get beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna go through the car real quick. I'm pulling up right now, but um, yeah. So you're right. Like the first thing is like, all right, they're just basically pushing all their homegrown talent. As a, or, or let me phrase it, the, like the incumbents, the people that are more tenured or whatever, as opposed to like, hey man, like I don't know what it is with I don't know what it is with these with some companies, but like their insistence on people wanting to push their guys, even though like they're not the hotter act or the or, or the act that has more potential to um, potentially make you money in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll never under, I'll never understand it. Like that is that is top notch vincery. So, um, like because if you do it right, they'll all become your guys. No, well, they're already all your guy because you pay because yeah. you have them on a contract. You goddamn dummies! Like when Vince beats Sting or whatever else for the, to to in theory then get Triple H heat so that he can get his ass whipped by Ronda Rousey uh, two hours later at WrestleMania 31. That is fucking dumb because well, let's not even get into the part that we're like they never even had the fucking match they were trying to build towards. <laughs> let's let's just focus on the fact that it's like, look, man, if he's a loser, he can lose again. It's fine. Like, Triple H using the Sting. Was that going to do anything to kill uh, Triple H's heat? He's Triple H. He's done nothing but beat motherfuckers for the last uh, 15 years. You know. It's WWE versus WCW. We moved on on completely other. There's nothing like Goldberg. Goldberg uh, went out there and lost to triple, uh, lost to uh, Undertaker, Undertaker just the other day, uh, a few weeks ago. After they did what they, they apparently they started saying it was WCW versus WWE, and you immediately knew that WWE yep. was going to win. Even though if you say who's more likely before that match when Goldberg got severely concussed and maybe may have damaged his neck, 
if you were to say who has more of a shelf life as far as being able to sell some matches, Undertaker or Goldberg, the answer is Goldberg because look at his run in 2016 to 17, as opposed to Undertaker who, like, we, we didn't even want to put him on WrestleMania this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we anyway, long past the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the returns have been diminished. So anyway, uh, moving moving back to let your hand about Ring of Honor, like you look up and down the card and you see it, it's like, okay, uh, you decide to do Rush, Roosh versus Flip and you put it on the pre-show and it's like, okay, whatever. Um, they had a good match. Um, Don Castle versus Dragon Lee. Don Castle's out here in the fucking Larry Bird back brace from the, from the late <laughs> 90s, or early, or from late 80s, early 90s. Like, he, he looks like he look, you know, he looks like Don Castle out here looking like Blair Bird in the Dream Team photo. God damn, but with long yes. hair. Yes, yes. So, and then I guess we gotta talk about it. That man got a back so bad, Steve Nash is jealous. Dude, are you, no, I'm not talking about the back injury. I'm talking about like the back zits. Like, I mean, it would, I mean, the back zits would made gender blush. Like, it, it, oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, he, I mean. Look, your back's in shambles like that, and you got the back brace on. You got the high ass trunks to cover up the back brace. You out here looking like, I don't know. He got them draws from Great Hammer Valentine, my guy. Like, <laughs> so um, that man looking like Dino Bravo, like got like, that shit look, pulled man, up to the nipple. Like, like, <laughs> like, like I watched him, and then I watched him. Keep in mind, like, you know, we all had something to say about like the mistake it was for Supercard Honor um, at uh, in New Orleans to have the Dong Castle versus. Uh, Marty Scroll match go on. Marty Scroll match go on last, as opposed to Kenny versus Cody. However, um, you watch that match and you see like the athlete that Don Castle was, and that athlete ain't here with us right now in 2019. Um, and you know, pretty much like right after that match, like his back with the shit, right? And if his back is in the way, <coughs> if his back is affecting the way he wrestles to that extent, then maybe he needs to take some time off. Yeah, um, because he was out there wrestling Dragon Lee. He's wrestling Dragon Lee, and he decided to go out there and, and wrestle like he. I mean, I don't want to turn this to a pejorative thing, but like he wanted to wrestle like he was the Miz. Yeah, um, yeah, Dragon Lee. You know, he don't have no bad matches, so you know. And I thought it turned decent uh, towards the end of that match. I did see that whole match. Uh, like good, you know, three and a quarter, three and a half. Um, I, I wouldn't go three and a half. I would have probably gave it a flat three. Yeah, and I think Dragon Lee, like, poor guy. And they had to beat that that's guy. The that's the worst singles match I've ever seen Dragon Lee have. But then again, like, I don't really watch a bunch of them. But, like, every time, like, I, I find it hard for Dragon Lee to wrestle the way he does consistently and to see him, like, wrestle something that's under, like, three and three quarters. Like, mm-hmm. that dude is phenomenal, and that dude works hard, and that dude takes risks to make his match be at a certain level. And... Like it ultimately was Dragon Lee. I mean, they even told a story in the match, and um, of you know, like he's more or less racing, or he's more or less racing, wrestling. I can't. I, I'm looking at. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching Indy racing right now on the TV as I was as I was saying trying to say wrestles so and turning my mic ripping. Sorry, but he's in the middle of wrestling uh, Roosh's brother because of what happened at um, M- MSG. So it's like, the story is like, I'm going to be, I'm going to stress your brother or whatever else as, you know, retribution. And like, that's why he finished the match off by doing, you know, the, the, whatever the horn, the double foot stomp into the corner, mm-hmm. into the uh, bottom turnbuckle. So I, I, I mean, I, it, it just, it just didn't, I, 
two years ago, you expected like a way better match than this, a way better match than this. And it's like, I only thing I can really chalk it up to is like Dalton's is that beat up to where it's like that dude needs to take a break. Yeah. What What else I got on the show? Keep going. Oh, uh, oh I mean, to, okay. To yeah. Point. So uh, after that, jeez. Um, you have the Allure versus uh, Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein. Ooh. Yeah, this match. Okay, so apparently Manny Leon just came back from, uh, or whatever else. Angelina Love, she was in the match, but Angelina Love is like, she's carrying the bulk of the match throughout. Kelly Klein is in the match, and I thought like the, the exchanges between like Kelly Klein and Angelina Love were, were, they were, they were, they were good to above average, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like anything not involving them was just not, wasn't on point. Um, yeah. So, and you know, they ultimately it doesn't really matter because it sets up to where uh, at the end you have uh, Maria uh, Maria Manic. She shows up and she basically she comes in and she gets like the immediate like Goldberg push. She comes out um, and she like lays wait like the Allure shook of shook of them. Uh, security comes out because of course like what the fuck is this? You know this non talent doing here like well, I, don't, I mean honestly like they probably security but i don't know why they ain't just go out there and bring out bully ray right so <laughs> uh she she lays waste to them like she she power bombs one of them she get like she throws them around and is like yo or she actually power bomb one from over the top ropes onto the onto geeks on the geek security guard members on the floor and i'm just like yo give her the racket give her the rocket strap like make her be like goldberg running through a lore like this like it's uh like her running through a lore like it's goldberg running through the nwo like it needs to be that <laughs> like she like it got over that now like yo this is awesome like it was, i thought this is probably like the best thing they did all night so um she's one as a part of the future thing yeah she's one of uh, jordan grace's homegirls i believe all right can she wrestle like jordan grace think so i think so if she can she should be the champion last week <laughs> so anyway uh so then from there they do best of three the the final of the best of three between uh kenny king and jay lethal like i thought they were having a good match till they start fucking stuff up left and right um right yeah, like, it was all good that, until it was all good until it started going all wrong right the, the so, best thing about this was the video package where kenny king yes. uh, they showed he got blasted by the great muda and he went blind james <laughs> He went blind. Yes, that was that was probably the funniest thing of the entire night. Yes, that part where he was like, you, he's, and then he walks out. He can see, but he has a walking stick steel. I'm like, boy, you ain't shit. Like, you, you, you terrible for this one. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought it fell apart. Um, in like the you know in the middle, like the two thirds of it, but then like you know the finishing stretch, the crowd was into the finishing stretch really big. Uh, so, I mean. It wasn't. I, they should have had a better match, but it, it fell apart in the middle way. But they kind of pulled it back together at the end. So I mean, I wouldn't say that was a. I wouldn't say that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, Kenny King is what in his late thirties, right? Yes. So it's like, all right, now or never. I mean, because like, I mean, you can beat Jay Lethal to death, and it won't matter because Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal. He's always right. gonna be Jay Lethal, right? So he he is a Ring of Honor legend. So. Like sure, if 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 you feel like it's time to promote Kenny King, then sure, you probably should do that shit like five years ago. But here we are now. Um, so then we get uh, Jonathan Gresham. We get Gresham versus Silas Young in a uh, I think it's called a pure rules match, right? Okay, so this match, as is being told to me, as it's going to be laid out, is Silas Young has been cheating in matches against him and low blowing him and Rebels are looking. And he's cheating. So the babyface wants a pure rules match so that. Um, it's strictly pro wrestling because 
Silas Young has a gimmick saying he's the last real man and he's, you know, almost not a five billion, but like he's like, I am a wrestler. Like I'm a grappler. I am a hooker. I am a stretcher, right? Like I, you know, I'm all, I mean, I got everything but the dun- but the dungeon certification. So they have the match and the rules are um, you have three rope breaks. It's a submit. It's basically more or less like it's a, you can get pinned or submitted uh, but if you get caught in a submission, there are or in a hold, there are three. You get three rope breaks. After the third one, you're, there is no rope escape, so you're fucked. Right. Um, and then uh, there is another rule to where you're allowed one, you're allowed one close fisted uh, strike, uh, and you get a basically you get a warning. And the second one is an ultimate automatic disqualification, so you can still pin people or whatever else. So as I hear the words rules says match, I'm thinking like this match is going to be death. Like this is like <laughs> this match is going to be like it's an Iron Man match except like so people are gonna send this is like a match where like people are gonna send their hands until like you have all gotten rid of all the stuff or or like you know how we talk about like the war games uh, uh, matches in in NXT where it's like there there is it can nothing can be won until everybody's out here so I just gotta sit here on and just watch the wrestling and hope that it's good enough to overcome the fact that I know nothing can ultimately come of this. Okay, we'll see how this works 2019. They did some smart stuff in this match. It did not matter. Um, they did some neat stuff on how to like basically uh basically to get rid of people's uh uh rope breaks. Did not matter. Um ultimately nobody gave a, sh- a flying fuck until everybody's uh rope breaks were exhausted. Um they also did a they also did a, a weird thing where Gresham's the baby face Gresham got up in the count for rope breaks, which is like, so you're getting rid of the heat at point. It happened. It happened early in the match too. Like Gresham, Gresham was, uh, Gresham only had, uh, one rope break. And then he got up to the one, two advantage on Silas. Like, why would you do this? Like the heat is the baby face coming back, not staying on top. Like what, you know, <sighs> anyway, think, so it, yeah, this... it reminded me of almost like the Seth and, um, the Seth and Ziggler match, uh, from that, they got shadow. Yes. It's like, you have to understand some thing. We want to cheer for one guy. Like if one guy is clearly ahead, they have no reason to cheer anymore. So maybe not do that. So anyway, they get to the end of the match, and like I said, the story is that Silas has been cheating and cheating has been cheating in different spots on uh, against Gresham. So Gresham gets the opportunity where the Rev isn't looking, so he low blows Silas as revenge. In theory, or in most cases, that works because. Turn or uh, was it a uh, revenge is fair play or whatever the turnabout's fair play whatever the saying right. is like like look you know come up and you're, you're right come up it's like you did this there I get you back like a lot of great stories all professional wrestling of that like it's Undertaker finally bashing Sean's face in with a steel chair after he got screwed at Hell in a Cell after what happened at SummerSlam ninety uh, seven it's uh, you know before another example another Hell in a Cell match it's Ambrose like Ambrose and Seth where like before Bray brought his ass out of the fu- for the fuck finish. Like Seth had tried to murder Dean by curb stomping him through some center blocks. So at the end of that match, he beats or he beats Seth's ass and he pulls out a center block. He's going to stomp his head through his turnabout fair play. Like that's good storytelling. In this case, after going through that pure rules that that pure rules match for that long, through all of that all that rigmarole, for him to low blow, the crowd rejected it. And I guess you know I don't know if they didn't know the story or whatever else because you know a lot of people when it comes to Ring Honor they're not following that TV because why the fuck would you follow that TV yeah. um, so 
they just thought, oh, you turn heel. So that, you know, that just means your TV's not strong enough for people to know what the fuck's going on. So, like, this fun, is a so, horribly booked promotion. Um, I, I mean, right now it is. Yeah. It's just bad. Like, so I was, so just, that, I was so, puzzled throughout a lot of this. So, from, so basically, what I'm saying is all, all is like that thing was like actually made some sense, but it backfired on him. So it backfired on them because like their TV's weak right now. So that, so that sucks for them, right? Um, even when you try, so sometimes when you try to do good things, like it's still, you know, you, you, you end up getting screwed. So Eli Drake versus Aldis versus the Briscoe brothers. I thought they had different points in this match. It was good. Um, but I, I mean, it went to a time on the draw. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> right. And then, you know, was a star made during this or anything like no. that? No, no. Okay. No, it's another one I slept on. So <laughs> they, they were going to get to the one that really drew my fucking ire. Um, Ring of Honor World Television Title Match: Shane Taylor versus Bandito. They beat Bandito for Shane, Taylor, so Shane Taylor can continue to be uh, the television champion. Um. Wow. Yeah. Beat him clean as a sheet too. Like the match. Um, match was. The match was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be for most of the match. And then they hit the spot. I don't know if you remember the spot, but Shane Taylor comes off the Shane Taylor's big ass comes off the second rope uh, for a crossbody. And Bandito catches him in fall away slam position and holds him there. And he didn't fucking budge. He didn't he didn't buckle. He didn't tremble. He stood there as if he was like a fifty pound plate, and I just like holy shit. Like well, people talk about how strong, strong. Mandito is, and you and you remember the the followaway or the um the moon the followaway moonsault he did uh, when he was holding um, Dragon Lee and who was it? Yeah, and Ishimori for the you know um, at at Madison Garden, but like this was something completely different. And he, he caught him, and I was like, "Yo, that's that's incredible!" Like it, it, it like I ain't seen, I haven't seen like a feat of strength like that since like Cesaro, like putting uh, putting uh, Big Show up in, like in the in the power slam position and power slamming his ass <laughs> at WrestleMania 30. Like I was like, "Yo, this is awesome!" So, you know, Shane Taylor won. And I was just like, "Oh, okay." So they he pulled that he pulled that spot of his ass for nothing more or less. Cool, great, fantastic. Um, next match after that. Uh, Especially after that is um, Villain Enterprises versus uh, Lifeblood. So Lifeblood, like, there's no juice there, no Tanel Dashwood. So it is. I mean, obviously she won't be wrestling, but like she's a bigger star right now than uh, other people in this thing. So it is Mark Haskins, PJ Black, the former, uh, the former Justin Gabriel, and Tracy Williams. Tracy Williams looks like he like he's cosplaying like he wants to be uh, Shibata so bad. So. Like you know, that match is good. Um, there's botches in it, but like it's all, it's entertaining. The crowd's really into it. <clears throat> Crowd enjoys it. I mean, like Brody King, Brody King is out here doing like Phoenix, Mai Iwatani, uh, like double double arm drag or double arm drag deals after he's like goes off, gets a basically springboard uh, Arabian flips and arm drags or whatever else. It's like yo, this is. Like this dude that size looking like honestly that size and that like you know body type of being sloppy like that like it's really impressive that someone that looks like that can you know can do all that kind of stuff. He uh, 
they did some cool stuff with him and PCO with dives, whatever else. Where like he basically like monkey flips him um, off the apron onto uh, life blow on the on the floor, um, and it looked like uh, Williams almost got his head crushed underneath uh, PCO's body against the mat on that fall. I thought you know that that could have been dangerous. So anyway. I can't remember even won the match. I just remember like liking parts of it, and then like parts of it. But like ultimately, um, some other group comes and make and be- beats up uh, Life's Blood. So your boy makes the save. Uh, Bandito comes out, and makes the save, and then Bully Ray, who you know, we thought you can get through a Ring Honor show without Bully Ray. Wrong. We got to sprinkle some more shit on top of this Sunday. Comes out. And so naturally, because you know, Flip comes out to make the save. So then they hand him a shirt, a lifeblood shirt. Like, All right, cool. This so then, made no fucking sense at it's all. Run-ins on, it's run-ins on run-ins on run-ins, right? Like they have the match. Villain Enterprise, like they they retain their titles. What a video they, part. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. But that's my point. It's run-ins on run-ins, run-ins, and then also this is like super convoluted. So. You have the you have the match for the life or sorry villain enterprises retain their titles, then there's a run in from another uh, trios faction or from another faction, then Bandito comes in because he's also in Lifeblood, then Bully Ray who's not affiliated with none of this shit to my knowledge comes in and try and, uh, <laughs> and, and just wants to fuck stuff up because like I, I got to get my shine in somehow some way, then Flip comes out, Flip clears out uh because they have a history with Bully Ray clears out Bully Ray. So then they were like, hey, man, you kind of cool. Like, here's a lifeblood shirt. So they hand him a lifeblood shirt, and all of a sudden lights cut off, and then they show a pre-taped video that we didn't know pre-taped at the time, and only to make sense in Richmond, it was pre-taped, where <laughs> it shows Marty on the screen, who was just fucking out here, <laughs> saying that, like, yeah, like, I see lifeblood, y'all got a new partner. Uh, but let me let y'all know. Like, I'm gonna show you who the who the fourth member of uh, Villain Enterprises is, and then they pan over and it's fucking flip. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, how did you know to like play this? So, like, so you, it? so what? Basically, what you're saying is, in theory, you knew that like this third faction had nothing to do with y'all was gonna make a run in. Then you knew that uh, Bandino was gonna try to uh, make this. Uh, Bandito was gonna make the save. Bandito was gonna make the save. Then you knew that Bully Ray was going to was going to just fuck stuff up because he just wants to be like a force of nature. Like he just wants to be a, a, a chaos agent, right? So, and then you knew, so then you knew like, implement it now. Implement the plan. Implement, yeah, strategy, play the video. Strategy, strategy, th- strategy 38. We're going to bring Flip out there to then like, help make the safer life, but, and then we're going to whoop like, we're going to make him make it a safer life, but then we're going to help him whoop life blood's ass. So, you know what this reminds like, me of? And the same motherfucker is involved. No. Oh, I wasn't going to say oh, Aces and eights. Aces and eights. Yes. Oh, now, whoop, you whoop my ass, but I'm the leader. Like, you done whoop my ass for nine months, but I'm actually the leader. Like, Jesus Christ. So, after all those running ins, the higher power, you can at least say motherfuckers was being like, they was operating underhanded. Like, they was trying to fool people. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So. I mean, that still don't explain like Vince and like letting his daughter be like subject Never to mind all that. nonsense. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. It, look, it still does, look. Regardless of whatever we have to say about the higher power shit, like it still made more sense than this. So, uh, so then they beat the hell out of them, and they let and somebody sets up a chair, a uh, table on the floor, um, by a ring by a turnbuckle. So it's way too close. 
I'm thinking as he land, as he's about to do whatever he's going to do, that he may clip that uh, Flip might clip the ropes or the edge of the apron before making his uh, final descent to the, towards the table. So he goes up there. He doesn't clip anything, but because it's so close, I guess the force of the flip uh, and the elevation he gets because he gets he has hops leapers. Uh, he, you know, you sit the, you know, you stick the hands on the four fifties to try to make sure to like you don't over rotate and like you know bounce your skull off of the off the off the uh, mat or the floor. 60, 60 arms out for breaks or whatever else, and he ends up immediately grabbing his elbow or, sh- or arm. And I'm thinking like, fuck, he may have just shattered his form. Well, turns out he dislocated his elbow and they popped it back in. But like, you know, who knows how long he's out or if he's out or whatever else. But like, there's a guy that just recently. You know, he's been dealing with injuries because of the way he wrestles. And it's like, damn, that sucks. So, um, you know, ain't nothing like that. Ain't nothing like that. Everything was a failure. We got someone injured. We could, we, shot, we shot something convoluted and confusing. And, like, no one will see a, a match. Outstanding, guys. What a trifecta. And then, yeah. the main event of the night. Oh, my God. I saw this whole thing. Matt Taven versus Jeff Cobb. Now, um... I have so I have I, I finally re- realized who uh who Taven looks like, but I'm not gonna say it on air because I have a bunch of jokes that go with it, and I I refuse to say it on air because like it is totally irresponsible. So I'm not gonna say it on air. <laughs> yeah, well, so wait, this, just soon, just just, just you know this. like we like to be transparent. We like to be transparent about saying, look, man, like we have no pause about selling our souls, but like we will be transparent about saying we will sell or about selling our souls. Or we will say like, if there's something that we can't say uh, for the, for the sake of, you know, decency or bread, we just not going to say it. <laughs> and we'll be honest with you that like, look, bro, we're not saying that. I'm not saying it's on air, but like, I guarantee you when we get off air and I say who it looks like, you're going to fucking die. You're like, he does anyway. Damn. So <sighs> that man came out in that Halloween costume. Um, <sighs> The the, pian- the 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 soft piano music, like it gets me every time. It's like, yeah. this is what you get. This is what he's coming out to, huh? Yeah. All right. Jeff Cobb's out there, and the you you start looking. It's like, huh? It's like eleven forty nine, but then you think, oh, they can just go whatever, and then you forget. Oh, they're actually on pay per view. Pay per view. They fucking yep. have a hard cap. How is this yep. going to work? But then you f- kind of forget because. You've been conditioned by WWE. Uh, they, yeah. they can just go as long as they want, but that's not how it works. So. Right. And you're so used to everything being on streaming. Or you everything being on streaming, they can go as long as they want, but like that pay per view thing, you forget about it. So, next, I didn't even look at the time, but I just saw the match, and I'm like, okay, they have a good match. They're doing a good match. And then all of a sudden, he pins him on It's like, over. What? Yeah. I thought that this was a good, like, first third of match. Where's the rest? What's going on here? And it, and then I thought like, oh wow. There, and then I, then after that, I realized there was a time. There was a time, and I was like myself, well, if you knew that, why the fuck didn't you wrap up some of the stuff that went way too long? So it was poor booking throughout the show. Poor, poor time timing. management. Uh, yeah. Poor matches in some cases. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Just... And then like putting Jeff Cobb in a position to lose his winning streak. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's nothing. It was funny because they put over on the pre-show, Coleman and Ian and, and Colt, all three of them put over the fact that like Roosh and Jeff Cobb are the only two undefeated men in in uh, Ring of Honor. Anybody in the night, beat him in eight minutes. Yeah, fuck them. 
why and, and and why and the people most and listen most people logic for why uh Taven won this match was what was because well, Jeff Cobb's we going the, in the G1 and he's, he's going he, to he's gonna be right he's going to be in the G1 and we don't want him and we don't want the ring honor champion to, to be out here taking L's like that so what we're going to so what you're saying is your idea to avoid him losing a bunch is was to losing. beat him exactly fuck yeah yeah um don't yeah. make the match. If, if anyone's going to beat him, it's going to be our guy. <laughs> Don't make the match. But the thing is, right, Taven beats him, right? Yep. And then over the course of the next month, he's going to lose like four other times. At least. Maybe yeah. six. Yeah. So how impressive that win is really going to be in a month from now? By, by At the end of August. Not at all. I don't think they're thinking about it that long. Some politic bullshit. I don't, I don't Outstanding. Think. Great job, guys. And, and then they're, it, Ring of Honor seems like they're scared to death that everyone's about to like abandon ship on that promotion, so they refuse to push any of them. That's like seems to be the overarching theme here. Oh, oh you mean like um, like Skrull? Yes, yeah, like Marty, Bandito. I mean, I mean, I mean they gave him a faction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they gave him a faction, and they're the trios champions or whatever else, but like they're the trio champions. Like that. Marty, Marty should have won the belt. At Super Connor Honor, right. um, 2017. I don't, I don't and know. And they Cobb's, never got around to it. I don't know what Cobb's relationship is with, uh, like any of the guys in AEW, but uh, Bandito, uh, you know, everything could be different for him right now. Had he chose to go to AEW in like a alternate universe, I think it may have been Tom that said this. It was like it could have been Bandito and the Lucha Brothers against um, yeah. <laughs> Kenny and the yeah. Elite. I mean. I mean, at the same time, like a lot of the a lot of the uh, decisions to go to Ring Honor had to do with stuff that had nothing to do with Ring Honor, right? Like right. a lot of that stuff is like that can get me into Best Super Juniors, right? Like that can get me like in the, that can get me into New Japan. New Japan, and like that can get me like you know like Rush and I think Dragon Lee, like they you know like they've got they hooked up with Ring Honor to secure the visas. Yep. Right. So it's like. Some of that stuff wasn't just exclusively about like, oh, this is the best place for my wrestling. Career. A lot of this was like, this is for my family, whatever else. Like, I can't really knock them for that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, look, man, the contracts ain't forever, right? And I, he, he look, he look, they already in here. So like, who knows what happens with them? Like, I wish them the best because like, I love watching Dragon Lee wrestle, and I want to watch as much Dragon Lee as possible. Like, while the time still permits, because who knows when the fuck he ain't gonna be able to wrestle like this no more? Because <laughs> uh, he's a psychopath. And I think some but, people um, are talking about Rush and WWE um, too to get in there with Andrade. Like, and Rush would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Rush would make a lot of sense in WWE. Like, um, like he is the charismatic guy that that they would they would like. Um, his English is better than Andrade's. He's not as spectacular. He's not as good as workers Andrade. But I mean, who is like? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, exactly, right. So, um, like I could de- I could definitely see that or whatever else, and I see why like they're pushing like, and I'm glad they're pushing like that because that dude is oozing with 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 just <laughs> like, has you ever seen somebody with hair like that that looks like like. He he, like he looks like he will fuck you up and then take your woman. Like, that's the yes. best way I could put it. Yes. Like, yeah. Like and then like, like bro, and, 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 I, I, and it's I not need, like oh, he... I, I need the faction like the the Angel Garza Andrade, <laughs> Humberto oh and, and him like the Latino hor- four horsemen like like run it like oh, put, so put all the boys in there too. Suits. Wait, who, who's the, who's the faction? Name your faction so, again. So it'd be Andrade. It'd uh-huh. be Humberto Carrillo. Okay. It would, it would be... I, I, the reason why I asked you to spam back is like, do you make sure you put an Umberto on here? That's yes. All? Yes. Umberto <laughs> okay. Carrillo, okay. Uh, Garza, and Rouge. Yeah. 
Yeah, and... like apparently Garza and um and, and um Umberto are related. I think they're cousins. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were a tag team, I heard. Really? I believe they were, I heard they were a tag team. Like I could be wrong, but I feel like they were a tag team. It, it was like Ultimo Ninja and Ultimo something. I, okay. I forgot. I, I, I guess I guess I'm gonna have to get on the internet and and, and uh, go find some of them. Yeah. that sounds incredible. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it's gonna wrap the show up. Uh, we were going a little long here, but uh, that's okay. We were reviewing some big shows here. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the show here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check out all the other great shows here on the network. Uh, keeping it strong style. These guys, they have a huge announcement uh, that they're going to share with you on their show. Uh, I will not steal their thunder uh, by, by just revealing it here. Uh, but that'll be Tuesday. Uh, of course, we got Ricky and Clive. Uh, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, they're back. Uh, we've got Grown Men Watch This Shit on the network as well. We've got NAC Then Now Forever with James. And we've got um, Get in the Ring with Danny and Mike. And also... Uh, with Floyd and Amy, all things elite. So they dropped an excellent immediate reaction show. To, uh, immediate reaction show to this, as I mentioned earlier, there there is a uh, JRJ show like Josh Rich uh, Jeremy show dropping. Um, we were driving in the car, so it's, it's a unique kind of conversation, um, and it's probably like you know a little over like an hour and a half. And this was literally the drive from Daytona back to Tampa. So. Um, you, you guys will get uh, that. I don't know if uh, uh, Jeremy's going to edit out the uh, fun that we, we saw on the road and our live reactions to it, which was, like, insane. Um, but there was me. I drove. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, – <laughs> I, I, needless to say, I kept everyone safe. So, <laughs> but uh, – Yeah, yeah. Real safe driving, you know, five hundred speed limit and shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I ain't, I ain't like, trying to. You, you look. You drive like you got bricks in the trunk. <laughs> That's funny. But um, yeah. You got anything to say before we get up out of here? No, nothing. I mean, uh, for those that are kind of wondering, like, what the fuck is a WWE talk? I mean, we did the midweek thing where we like talked about Bischoff and um, Heyman, and uh, we talked about like almost like a part two about Seth, and I think um. Yeah, so like I guess check be on the lookout for that, uh, whatever late further down on the on the podcast feed. Uh, so yeah, I mean I don't th- I'm trying to figure out what's n- what's up for next week example, like because it feels like every weekend we're getting you know a, a a big show. So I know like Extreme Rules is not next week, the weekend after that. So I'm trying to well, I'm trying to figure out my mind like what's next weekend. First day to G one G one Dallas. Ooh, that's right. So we'll have so we'll have that to talk about. Yep. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, keeping a strong style. Suck it. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we'll uh, be touching on that. And um, whatever stories may arise, because I'm not going to, you know, spend a bunch of time on the main roster. So, um, I mean, the thing is, look, ultimately, like, there's a lot of stuff to watch um, as as this show just showed you, as this show that we just did shows you. Like, there's AEW, there's Ring Honor. Like, they're going to have big shows occasionally. Um you know, we might have to. Well, uh, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, we might have to bring Caleb in to, when they next time they do a pay per view it for anniversary. Oh, anniversary is on Sunday. So, oh, this coming Sunday. Oh, yes. So we'll have that apparently. Yeah, or we'll so do we'll, a preview. We'll, we'll, we'll probably we'll do a post show. We'll do a post show. Yeah, we'll, ha- show. we'll have Caleb on and figure that out. So. Oh God. Ho- hopefully, his internet will hold up. So, you know. So- sorry, America. <laughs> sorry, sorry, world. <laughs> Yeah, but that's going to wrap the show up. Uh, We will holler at y'all next time. Peace.
Later.